Hello and welcome to Affable Chat. My name is Benjamin and today I'm joined by two guests, two regularly recurring guests here on Affable Chat. I'm joined by musical artist Nick Heredia. Nick, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. And we're joined by possibly still the most recurringest guest in Affable Chat history. We've got Justin Cusmano. How's it going, Justin? It's going great, my guy. It's good to be here. Good, good, good. All right. And we've brought them here today because we're talking about Scream. So, you got a boyfriend? (laughs) Why? You want to ask me out on a date? Maybe. Do you have a boyfriend? Mm. No. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. What did you say? I want to know who I'm talking to. That's not what you said. What do you think I said? What? Hello? Look, I gotta go. Wait, I thought we were gonna go out. Uh, nah, I don't think so. Don't hang up on me. This is an American meta-horror slasher mystery directed by Wes Craven. The cast includes Gertie from E.T., Lee Cabot, Sergeant Mike Trout, Monica Geller, Dan Doherty, Pam from Death Proof, Gordon from C-Spot Run, Sergeant Parker from Elm Street, Shaggy, Tim Avery, and The Fonz. I watched this movie on Max. Kuz, how did you watch it? I also watched this movie on Max. What about you, Nick? I watched this movie on Amazon Prime. All right. That is how we watched it. So normally at this point, we would actually get into the synopsis of the movie, but we're going to take it in a di- little different format. We're, next, we're going to just get straight into our pros and cons, and we'll spend the rest of the episode analyzing this movie in the order of events that actually happened, I wrote a pretty long form plot summary that we'll just read through and we'll just discuss things as they come up. So before we get to that, let's talk about our pros and cons. I'm gonna start with you, Nick, because this was a movie that you really wanted to do. What did you like about Scream? So my pros for Scream are, first of all, this is a very, very self-aware movie. It's It doesn't as you know, most horror movies, they're, they're kind of, I mean, they're all fictional and Scream is obviously fictional, but it takes, it, it feels like it takes place in our world, if that makes any sense at all. Like it, a world it, where the characters have seen scary movies. Yes, exactly. A movie, a movie that's like, oh, they kind of know what you're supposed to do, what you're not supposed to do. These are the classic tropes. The, uh, the, uh, another reason I love Scream they is because They know the rules. They know the rules. They're classic slasher tropes. Obviously, um, the mask, the ghost face mask is very iconic. Something that people, even today, people are like, this is so, so cool. And like, now they're up to the sixth movie. Um, also, I do think the character, Sidney Prescott, is a really, really badass character. Um, I think she's uh, like a strong, you know, every, every horror series that's in this kind of demographic has their final girl, just like Halloween has Laurie Strode, which is um, 
Jamie Lee Curtis's character. Right. Scream has also Nev. in this movie, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. kind of. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and, and Nev Campbell is the same way as as Sydney Prescott. She's a great final girl. I think she's great. Also, Matthew Lillard is just amazing <laughs> in this movie. He's honestly one of my favorite characters in the whole movie just because of his his lines and 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 it ha- half of it has to be him imp- improvising a little bit because he just I know how Matthew Lillard is as an actor and he's so good and so I, I think because of how self-aware this movie is because it's got the classic slasher tropes iconic mask all that stuff put together makes for a good movie those are those are my pros all right Kuz, on to you what did you like about scream one of my favorite things about this movie is that it does kind of like pull you into the mystery of who like ghostface really is and it just it kind of like pokes fun about like oh it could be this guy it could be this guy well what's his motive and i really enjoyed that i think a lot more on this watch than I have in like previous watches. Gotcha. So you'd um, seen this movie before? Yeah, it was, but it's been a long, long time. I'm not a big uh, slasher kind of guy. Uh-huh. I like monster movies more when it's like spooky season. But I did really like how um, it kind of like pulls you into this mystery. But then like, you know, it's like, oh, it could be that guy. It could be this guy. Um, one of my favorite scenes was when they were in like the movie shop. And I won't go too into it because we're going to get into it later. But like, you know, they're kind of toying around. It's like, oh, well, this could be like a red herring. And yeah, like, yeah. They tell yeah, the guys yeah, on the yeah, eyes yeah, yeah, yeah. Dressing their situation yeah. totally. as if it was the plot of a yes. horror movie. Right. Very oh, funny. yeah. No. And like, I just think that um, being so meta and having like the ability to kind of do that is very refreshing in the sense that, um, you know, obviously like it's a slasher movie, but it's kind of, it's, it's humorous. It's, you know. Um, oh, very much. You know, it's very much like, wow, this this could be like literally something we all like discuss about and it's sort of timeless in that way maybe like the references are a little dated just because like this is early 90s for sure but like we could like we have the same conversations except just with like replace movie titles but same deal sure sure i mean you know movies change um i think one of the things i like if i can just get into my cons is that this movie is credited with kind of redefining the genre for slashers. So even though you can say, yeah, like the, you might be able to try to say that the references are dated. It's like those references are so they're still relevant to the time this movie came out. The whole point was this movie was being self-aware about the genre in general, totally pointing things out. And then, horror movies that came after this have to exist in a post-scream world where those things are very much have they been addressed yes so totally uh, so yeah that's something i really like this movie's funny i enjoyed that about it it's a really fun mystery i did not expect that going in because this is a slasher it is a meta uh kind of comedy but at the end of the day, it is a very intriguing mystery, mystery. and yeah. trying to figure out who did it the whole time, yeah. I think is great. And then rewatching the film, knowing who did do it, I think they give you so much to work with that it's like a fair mystery. It's like, I had a reasonable chance of actually getting this because they were just dangling the answers right in front of oh, So yeah. wait, so you also rewatched it too? Big time. Let's go. All right. Love, I mean, I love that because, and that is a good way to view it because I remember after the first time I saw it, I also at, at some point like rewatched it. And I've seen you know re seen it many times because I think it's a classic movie. But I I do like that 
what you were saying though like now knowing who ghostface is and then going back into it and be like dang i still had a reasonable doubt of who it, you know it, it's like what you guys said it is a good mystery story for sure it's a very it good mystery. does like kind of put like the whole answer in front of you though um but it, it does like, but it also it. makes it so obvious we'll well we'll, we'll, we'll get into the exact it. beats yeah, of the mystery no, but totally. i'm just trying to say that it's a it's a good mystery it's thrilling you know the jump scares definitely make you jump yeah which i'm not a big jump scares fan but i feel like you can't make this movie without addressing jump scares you have to have them because this is a meta or a, yeah meta commentary on thrillers and slashers and horror movies yeah i think it's really creative it's a fun twist on slashers i've i thought it was cool that ghostface is just a person and not like some sort of entity that just can't die exactly yeah. it's not like magic or some sort of curse or something and like nick said at the beginning it's iconic the ghost face mask is sick I don't know how they were able to just get such a plain looking costume to be so boom. Like this is scream. Yeah. It is different than everything else. So I thought that was really awesome. And in a way it kind of sparked because it's so meta and so self-aware. It kind of sparked what we now know as the scary movies. Like, did, like, like yes. the movies scary movie like because yeah. the first scary movie is all a scream parody well apparently scream was originally supposed to be called scary movie really and, and then they read they like that was like the working title and then they renamed it to scream that's towards amazing. the end yeah okay. oh wow that's iconic right and it would make sense if it was called scary movie yeah. it's it's kind of cool that it's incidental that it became named scream because there are parts of the movie where they say the word scream and you're like oh there it is that's the title of the movie <laughs> you go leonardo dicaprio mode on right it. yeah <laughs> right okay so those are our pros let's get into the cons and we'll start with you Kuz. what did you not like about scream i think that i don't know if this is really like about scream or about just i recognize all the actors so um, there would be a lot of times where, like, uh, you know, somebody would be on screen. It's like, oh wait, that's Shaggy. Or I was like, oh wait, what's Monica doing here? And like, um, I don't know. Sometimes it just kind of takes you out of the moment for a second. You have to like kind of work to immerse yourself back in. That um, is interesting because like, he definitely hadn't played Shaggy yet when this movie came out. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. but and as then, our youths, we know him as Shaggy. And uh, right, yeah. yeah, and like, and was Friends already out in 1996? I can't remember. I can't. I think remember. it was like coming out as like like the, she got in this movie and she was also like on Friends and she was like making it big. Okay, but so you're saying that having recognizable actors is like a distraction. Well, yeah, you kind of got to take bit. yourself out of there. Well, it just kind of like takes yourself out of the moment for a second. It's like, oh, dude, I didn't know Monica was gonna be here. It's like, oh, dude, Shaggy. <laughs> she's supposed here. to only be in Friends. Well, yeah. Well, also, like, she's a news reporter or something like, oh, man, I wonder what Monica Geller's going to tell her friends about, like, that time she was in the countryside having to, like, fight off a murderer. So let me be clear. Your problem with this movie is you can't separate characters from different <laughs> works? No, I, okay, I can. I just think it's very funny that, like, um, it's just so recognizable. It's like, oh, dude, yeah. how's Monica going to handle this? I will say that having principal henry winkler was as like oh he's literally just the fonz he's even checking out his own hair like he literally yeah, is dude. the fonz yeah. so okay well any other cons for you Kuz? um i think beyond that um i was also like i kind of i don't know i suspend my like disbelief all the time because i watch like monster movies and marvel movies or whatever yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and i know that like this is a slasher film so people aren't going to behave the right way but it was kind of like it was almost frustrating how like 
people really don't behave like a normal person would in certain scenarios. Sure. Like in the beginning when she's on the phone, she's like, oh, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. And then what does she do? Talk to it's him. Continue to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like straight, like straight up, like say one thing, do another. And like, you know, um, so and maybe that's just because like it's a slasher film and like well, it has to happen. Yeah, but. and part of it also is, again, the meta thing of it because there's the part where she's like, uh, where Sydney's like, oh, horror movies are stupid. The big-breasted bimbo who runs upstairs instead Which of going out the front door. leaving out, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. she literally does that does right that. after. It's like, it, that. I feel like that's kind of part of the meta thing. It's part it's of the kinda, joke. They get yeah. to have it both ways, kind of. Totally. So, no, totally. All right, well, we'll yeah. go over to you, Nick. What are your cons? What do you not like about Scream? Um, I think there is a lot of, um, you know, it's like we said, it's a mystery, so there's a lot of whodunit, but... I, after going back, this is like my like so many times of watching this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, dang, there is really not enough Randy, because who's the video store uh, clerk like friend? He's great. I love what he has to say. And after this rewatch, I was like, dang, like there's mystery, and you can still kind of be like, mm, it could be him. But also, I'm like, there's not enough. I, I kind of was able to rule him out because there wasn't enough of him throughout the movie to kind yeah. of be like, ooh, it's, was it him? But, yeah, it's hard to make a case for Randy being like the killer. Yeah, That's it, it the, kind of was. So like, I, I just think there's not enough of him, especially because he just knows his movie stuff. Yes. So it's cool to have that. But there, you know, he, he's in the, you know, the, there's sequels to these movies. So all these, right. most of these characters do reprise their roles and stuff like that. So you get, at least you get, have to have a sequel. Yeah, yeah you have to have a sequel. You have to have a sequel. These oh. days, you have to have a sequel. So yeah, Not Enough Randy is, is, it was probably one of my cons. And then another one is that like, throughout the movie, it feels like the high school teenagers are like, still more aware of what the killer's motives are than what the cops and the grown-ass <laughs> adults are doing. The people who are like supposed to be in charge don't know how to deal with this at all. Yeah, very But here's much the thing. Like... Randy addresses that in yeah. the movie. He says, the, there's a formula to this. The cop, Whoever the cops must suspect is never who it actually is. Totally. So that's just them doing another like kind of satire of the police. I agree with you. There's not enough Randy. Randy is definitely like an Abed Nadir type character. Yes. Where he's super meta. And he's also he knows like, in, in universe a fan of the medium that he exists within, which right. is super fun. And it's it helps you know keep him safe. I would be Ghost interested Face. to know if the, if Dan Harmon looks at Randy as like an influence at all yeah. for the character of Abed. Yeah, I'm, I'm just those that. are two dots I'm connecting myself. No, totally. But it's a very much the, a similar thing. Totally. The thing that makes him such an interesting character is that his in-depth knowledge of the genre and like his passion for it yeah. so i'm with you i wish there was more randy well i, I just want to go back to what coos was saying about um having like all the different celebrities and what like and courtney cox freaking is in it like e even though she's she is monica on friends at the very least she is like um courtney cox it, it is still kind of a different role because uh gail weathers is kind of a business yeah, she kinda, no, yeah she comes through very strongly you know and she um, knew how and, and i remember I, I i forgot where i had heard of it. it was someone interviewed her about scream and someone and she was like well i i want to actually do this character kind of in my she, she was like my bitchiest role ever i'm like i kind of like that for her though because i think she did a great job yeah i definitely did not like gail weathers for, yeah. for most of the movie which is the point because yes. then she gets redeemed at the end totally so just to finish up my my cons i already mentioned that the jump scares how i feel about them i think you have to have them in this movie mm. because it's a movie about horror movies yeah but i still am not the biggest jump scare fan 
I felt like Ghostface was a little bit too sneaky and too fast. Where I was like, I, because I, I, rewatching the movie, you know, there's two ghost faces. So that explains how they're able to do different things, right? It's like when mm. Ghostface is banging on Sydney's door, but then is he's else? able to, well, and then Billy is able to come through the window. It's because, you know, there's two different ghost totally, faces. Yeah. So Billy, that wasn't Billy though, chasing her through the house. But there's other things like when she's in the Jeep and she get, is able to get out of the car and then she stands up and turn around and Ghostface is gone. It's like, okay, Ghostface isn't literally. A supernatural a teleporter yeah i just wish that more of those things were explained by there being two of them and not just horror movie magic where the killer is able to like batman his way <laughs> out of a scene it's like commissioner gordon turns around for one second and then he's Batman's not gone. there yeah well I- i'm curious I-, I just wanted to to clear get clarified from you um when you say you don't like jump scares is it that you like you hate like they scare you or you just don't like the the trope of it they definitely scare me sometimes in the sense it's like it gets me to jump which is kind of thrilling i'll, yeah. I'll give you that but i'm just, I I'm just curious feel like they feel cheap okay that's why i figured sometimes is what it feel was unearned as but, far as scares go because you can also be very scary with things that are more psychological totally things that are more I just feel just make like your skin crawl and shit. Yeah, sure. And also just think other ways to thrill you besides just having something flash Pop out in your face. I just want to make sure I, I was curious. I was just trying to get that distinction because I was curious to know if it was that like you hate them because some people were just like, I hate jump scares because they I, I hate the it's the funny because growing up, my siblings and I used to jump scare each other a lot where, you know, you'd go hide in a room hide as soon the as they walk yeah. in, you jump out and rah, you yeah. get them. Yeah. yeah. And what you're looking for is that reaction. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the twitching the and force, like the, yeah. you just like yeah. uncontrollably like react to it. And I feel like I worked up a resistance to that where mm. a lot of times now jump scares, I just don't, I'm emotionless because I've, I'm trying not to let the reaction get totally. Me. Right. So, right. Anyways, I just, personally think yeah. that they're not my favorite i was just but curious i also about that. understand why this movie needs to have them the my last con is that i haven't seen all of the horror movies that this movie references sure. and this is more an issue it's more on me than it is for the the movie but i feel like this movie spends so much time referencing these other works mm-hmm. it actually would probably be way better if you had seen all those things before watching scream so that you could be more in the know on the inside baseball commentary for horror at as the a very genre. least the first halloween yes which yeah. i have seen which i yeah. felt like was definitely important but um you know there's so many references it's it would be better to be a bigger slasher fan big bigger horror fan going into it yeah okay well those are our pros and our cons let's go ahead and jump into our plot so i'm just going to start reading and just jump in wherever you want we'll discuss like things as they happen so cool our film begins with the title card of the word scream as we hear telephone ringing and various screams. We open on Drew Barrymore answering a ringing telephone. At first, it appears to be a wrong number and she hangs up, but the mysterious caller calls back. They start talking about scary movies like Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street as Drew Barrymore makes Jiffy Pop on the stove. Things start to get a little bit flirty until the caller reveals that he's watching her. Ooh. Drew Barrymore, who is actually named Casey, but I'm just referring to her Drew as Drew Barrymore. Barrymore. Right. Drew gets creeped out and hangs up on him, even though he says not to. He calls back, and she hangs up on him again. He calls yet again and threatens her and says he wants to play a game. He calls her Blondie, verifying that he indeed can see her, but when she looks around outside, she can't see anyone. 
the doorbell rings and she asks, who's there? And then the caller calls her again and asks if she's ever seen a scary movie before because saying who's there is a death wish. This was like the... It actually was already meta before this point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. like she was already talking about Halloween, yeah, and yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. Like it, they're, they're already addressing the fact that it's a horror movie yeah. instead of a horror movie, which right. I feel like at that point has to have been breaking new ground, right? I mean, oh, I haven't yes, seen all the other totally. ones, but like t- the idea of having a horror movie where the characters seen horror movies is like totally groundbreaking, right? This the was time, the first yeah. iteration. Yeah, no, it, it, that's the whole thing is that in its time, this was like so groundbreaking, and that's why it just still holds up, but. Um. Yeah. No. Yeah. We can keep talking about Drew Barrymore. <laughs> so Drew then uh, threatens the caller by saying her boyfriend will come and beat them up. But then the caller already has the boyfriend tied up outside. So then she's like freaking out. Then the caller forces her to play a game. She has to name the killer in Halloween, and she gets that one right. She says Michael Myers. And then he asks her... a warm-up question. Yeah. Right. Just the, yeah. <laughs> which is an easy one, because that's her favorite uh, movie. I wonder if they already knew that about her. But then she has to name the killer in Friday the 13th, and she says Jason, but that's the wrong answer. Mm-hmm. And as a result, her boyfriend gets his guts cut out of him right there in front of her. And then the caller asks a final question which is which door is he at? And she says that she doesn't want to play and she doesn't pick. So then a chair flies through the door. Um, And what's interesting is if you think about it later on, it doesn't matter which door. If she had played the game, it wouldn't matter which door she chose because Ghostface would have been outside of either of them. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was two of them. Right, because they were both there. Right. Damn. So, yeah, so she doesn't answer it. A a chair flies through the freaking door, and so she takes off running, and she goes to the kitchen and grabs a knife, and then she goes outside, and she can see her parents' car returning home. So she runs outside, like, she runs out front to meet them, but then Ghostface catches up with her and stabs her in the heart, and then uh, stabs her in the throat, and then she tries to scream as her parents are entering the house, but they can't hear her. And then that once the parents are in the house, they see that they've had a home invasion happen and they pick up the phone to call 911. But all they hear is their child's last breaths as she's still holding the phone, getting dragged away by ghost face. And then when the parents walk outside, they see their daughter gutted and strung up on a tree. And you have this like nice camera zoom that goes up to her. Yeah. Just yeah. yeah. And honestly, very, very, very iconic opening scene. Um, I, I think it's great because when this movie came out, everyone was like, oh, Drew Barrymore is going to be in it. Yes. And they didn't realize that she's only in <laughs> the opening scene. She's the opening girl. She's yeah. the opening girl who gets cut. It. And first the- of all, amazing performance by Drew Barrymore. She freaking killed it. And I like believable scream, especially when she looks out the window and Ghostface turns around and they're face to face. That yeah. classic. ah, And like very, very good. Very scary opening. And yeah, that, that last shot of her being hung by her guts and shit is very... Oh, dude. The oh, whole, my God. Dude, the whole scene of her like on her dying breath. Yeah. Like, seeing her parents walk into the house as she's like gasping for like air to make a yeah. sound and can't. Oh, dude. The score and dude, the score Just. is good, too, because it's all choir. Oh, it's like, whoa. Very, like, you can see the yeah. severity of the situation. Oh, absolutely. I love Ghostface as a monster in a in a slasher because if you look at Ghostface, it's not that scary just to look at. Sure, but 
it's very scary within the context of the movie. Anytime you see Ghostface, you're like, oh no, someone's going to die. Well, you see it, and then well, also you hear him on the phone, and that voice yes. is very, very intimidating. And, and it's almost like, and I love that it starts off flirty first, because it's like, oh, do you have a boyfriend? Like, it's very ominous and ooh, who's this other guy on very much a psychopath able to kind yes. of like play with manipulate food. totally absolutely 100 a psychopath playing with his food and i think the this opening scene just had really through the dialogue was there again drew barrymore did a great job on the other end as the the first girl first yeah victim. i told my yeah. fiance before because we watched this movie on halloween night I told her that it's a Drew Barrymore slasher. <laughs> like it's, it's like Dang. about Drew Barrymore. Oh, I had I'm already so had, glad. I already had that spoiled for me that she dies. Oh, in the you first did? Scene. Okay, yeah. good, good, good. Because that's like an iconic thing when you when you think about Scream is it's like killing off your kind of headline character yeah. or your actor. Yeah right at the beginning it's yeah. like dang that is bold yeah, to yeah, do yeah. that immediately I, I just love how like you know but back when we were talking about how this movie is already like it's dated because of of its tropes and stuff like I, that well i disagree with calling it dated because yeah. everything about it is making commentary of its time, of its right. time. it wouldn't make sense. In, yeah. Like in because of that, it becomes timeless. In my opinion, that's what I mean. You yeah. can watch it at any time, and it's like I'm making commentary about movies before 1996. Before, like, it wouldn't yeah. make any sense to address Scream as anything other than that. Totally right. And I just like it's still going back to just Drew Barrymore being like them announcing that she's in it, but not saying that she's going <laughs> to kill off in that first scene is very, very cool because I remember like, apparently that was a huge thing when the movie came out that people did not see that coming. And I think looking back, I'm like, I love that because it really adds to the texture. Cause I didn't even know that one. The first time I watched it, I was like, Oh, Drew Barrymore's in it. And I didn't know she was. So, so for me, yeah, no, I'm sure that's how almost every audience experienced it. If you didn't get it spoiled, that's part of the film is like thinking, Oh, Drew Barrymore. Like they're, they're leaning into the idea that you know her as an actress and that she's totally. famous and, and, you know, recognizable. I feel like a lot of horror movies end up having non recognizable people in yeah. them. Uh, that's like part of it. And then it makes it kind of levels a playing field so that you don't, you you like think any of them could die at any moment totally so right yeah and then dude hearing your kids last breaths on the phone that is sinister honestly sinister. i feel like the opening scene is almost the most cold-blooded part yes. of the whole movie yeah like having steve okay like i also felt like it was a little bit underwhelmed it's like is your boyfriend's name Steve, Steve. like it was generic like the, you could just be guessing like no it's not his name like you yeah. just came up with that out of thin air uh, <laughs> you know obviously he knew all that stuff because now we know that Ghostface isn't some random it's, yeah, uh, it's yeah, Billy it's, and Stu but yeah. that was uh, I thought that that was funny and uh, so yeah really great opening scene I, I think it really sets the tone and uh, yeah yeah well, what else happens after after the opening scene? So, cut to Sydney's bedroom. She's on the computer, and Billy she like hears something and like leans out the window, and then boom, jump scare, jump scare. Billy yeah. shows up and she screams, and then she uh, Billy hides when Sydney's father comes to check on what the commotion is about, and then he tells Sydney that he's leaving for a trip in the morning, and then he says good night. So then after he leaves, Billy like. He's like, that was a close one. You know, they, they almost 
he almost got found out kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, a yeah. little bit of like, what's he hiding? hiding and a little yeah. bit of foreshadowing here. Billy then complains to Sydney that the version of The Exorcist he was watching on TV was edited for TV and all the good stuff was cut out. So, and then he uses that to use him to make a metaphor about their, their relationship. relationship with Sydney, saying that they used to be rated R, headed for NC-17, and now things have changed edited and, they're, and they're edited for TV. So uh, then they make out a little bit and Sydney offers to have a PG-13 relationship as she like flashes, flashes her, her boobs. Yeah. Can you show boobs in PG-13? Uh, you de- definitely could do it back in the day because, <laughs> yeah. well, in yeah. 16 Candles, which is straight up PG, there's bare boobs. Oh, yeah. And you can watch, yeah, back in the day when they didn't have PG-13. Yeah. That stuff yeah. Like that. yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was, but again, very meta talking about exactly what they have i yeah. i read also that this movie was rated um they were going for the rated r rating but they got nc-17 initially because it was too violent it is a violent yeah. it is a dark movie i'm you know? blown away by that because i feel like it's actually not that violent well yeah compared to how many movies like are violent these days now like it, it's definitely you know gotten but they they know. just we're like, yeah, we can't edit it. And then the Motion Picture Association of America was like, ah, okay, fine. You can fine. be rated R. It'll be rated R. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. And, you know, setting the stage here for, you know, Sydney and Billy's relationship, mm-hmm. kind of one of the central parts of their relationship is like basically whether or not Sydney's going to have sex with him. Yeah. Because, like, she doesn't believe it but everybody in town seems to know that her mom was a whore yeah that doesn't seem to be just rumors like it like that ends yeah. up probably being actually being true. A thing. the case so yeah. and she's like afraid of ending up like her mother which sure. is like being a whore and also dying dying yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah. kind of setting the stage there Next day at school, there's a media circus as the news of the murder of Drew Barrymore, but actually and in her university, boyfriend, Casey yeah. and her boyfriend Steve start to circulate. Everyone at school is being questioned by the authorities. Billy, Sydney, Randy, Stu, and Tatum sit by the fountain and discuss the murders as they eat grapes. Stu argues that the killer has to be a man because only a man could gut a body like that. Then he describes how to gut somebody. Randy points out that Stu dated Casey briefly before she left him for Steve and implies that Stu is a suspect, but Stu has an alibi. He was with Tatum last night. Randy also has an alibi because he works at the video store and that's where he was last night. Mm -hmm. Stu restates unprompted that he didn't kill anybody and Billy says, nobody said that you did. Mm -hmm. This scene, watching it the second time is like, this is, this is totally those two guys. I just love, it really I, yeah, no, I love two. it. He's like, no, I didn't kill it. No one said you did. Thanks, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, honestly, I do love that fountain scene because they're also, uh, Randy is like already being his like Randy-esque. He kind of is already getting like meta on it. Meta on it yeah. and talking about like mo- motives or something like that. And he's talking about, um, like how to gut, gut someone? <laughs> did you did you put her liver in the mailbox? I heard they put her liver in the mailbox. <laughs> and then again, Stu Matthew Lillard's character, he's like, yeah, man, liver alone. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, these these high school kids are definitely insensitive yeah. with their, <laughs> you know, they're such it, hooligans. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't seem like he's unhinged. They, it, it's just like he's an immature high yeah, school yeah, boy. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah, it just feels like a high school. The first time watching this, I did not suspect honestly like any of that. Any them, I was yeah. like, we're gonna learn, be introduced to other characters that are gonna be the suspects, right? Totally. But 
yeah, I thought that was uh, it's just a, it's a great scene to watch in retrospect because there's so much that they leave out there in plain sight. <laughs> yeah, but the first time I I was like, how oh, could it be? It could be anybody. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> the second, I love that. It's like you're like, damn, I know exactly who it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they make it so obvious on like the rewatch, like looking back. Because I remember the first time I watched this, and I was like, man, it could. You be don't me. know, yeah. You but really then don't like know. watching it now is just like, dang, they really dangle it in front of you. Although I will say it does look more like Billy is like the uh, the killer just because of the scene in the bedroom because he definitely like serial killer vibes off of him. He definitely but... has serial killer vibes. Like the movie basically is like he's the killer. He's the killer. But yeah. that is the best way to make us think he's not the not killer. the killer. Right. No, totally. Like, the movie is obviously making him the killer, so he's not the killer. Mm. It's uh, it's like in the office where it's like it's never the person you suspect the most. It's always or the least. Suspect. It's the yeah. person you most Phyllis. Suspect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good so, point. Yeah, I was thinking about that when I was watching this. I was like, can't be Billy because I suspect him too much. Yeah. So. Next, we see Sydney go home to her incredibly nice house. She calls Tatum on the phone and asks if she can stay with her because her, ta- her dad's out of town, you know, during these killings. Probably mm-hmm. not best to stay alone. So then she says, uh, you know, all the police and reports are like deja vu all over again. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know what that's about yet, but yeah. she's like talking about how it's reminiscent of something else. And then they keep on dropping these lines. Like earlier, Tatum was like, this is the worst thing since, well, you know you know yeah Yeah. like well anyways you know so Mm -hmm. so tatum says she'll be there at seven to pick her up she says it's fine the murders that happened before happened at 10 p.m so like she'll be safe and then sydney watches tv and every channel is covering the murders and one channel which has gail weathers on it brings up a similar tragedy one year ago when sydney's mother was raped and murdered and then she turns off the tv and goes to take a nap and when she wakes up, it's past seven and Tatum isn't there yet. Tatum calls and says that practice ran late and she's going to stop by the video store on her way over. And uh, so then she hangs up. Sydney picks up the phone again. And this time it's not Tatum. It's the killer. And Sydney thinks it's Randy doing a voice trying mm-hmm. to like mess with her. And so in response, she criticizes the horror genre, saying that it's always some stupid killer chasing some big-breasted bimbo that runs up the stairs when she should have run out the front door. And then the caller's like, that's because I'm not Randy, you know, and you hear the, yeah. like the, the music kind of picks up with it. He, uh, the killer says that he's on her front porch, and she calls his bluff, and she goes outside, and no one's there, so she goes back to thinking it's Randy again, but before she can hang up, the killer says that if she hangs up, she'll die like her mother. Then she goes inside to lock the door, but Ghostface is already in the house. Mm. She can't get out the front door because she locked it, so she runs up the stairs, just like she said not to do, and then she jams her door the same way she had it jammed so her dad couldn't get into the room, and she can't call the like 911 because the phone is disconnected, so she dials 911 on a deaf typer, which... I mean, I had never seen a deaf typer it's before. It's just 90s, so. 90s shit. Right? Like, the technology is so different. And that's what, like, Sydney Prescott, like, likes to be on. She likes to, in on her, like, free time, she likes to be able to... Be on the computer, the computer. I guess. Yeah, she's a computer girl. She wasn't even deaf, though. Like, that was something where I was like, yeah. this must be some 90s thing, because I do not Definitely. get this at all. I don't even remember those kind of, like, computer systems back then, but, like... Well, it's 96. Well, it's we're, 96. We're, yeah. We're, we're, were you born in 96? Yes, I was, actually. Yeah, so, yeah. We were ba- there's there's yeah, a reason so you why were, you don't remember it. You were literally it. born the year this movie came out, and you're like, I don't remember. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> I, all I remember is screaming and crying a lot. Yeah, you're like, yeah, unrelated I mean, I to the movie. movie. was about just screaming, like, as a baby. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's called Scream. I thought we were just screaming. Yeah, my parents were like, you starred in this movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh. anyways, uh, so yeah, she dies on one of the deaf typer, and the deaf typer must get the cops there fucking fast. Super fast. Because they showed up almost immediately after this. But, um, you know, so she does that. Just then, Billy arrives to the window. He hugs her, and as he's hugging her, a cell phone like falls out of his pocket or something, like falls on the floor. Mm-hmm. And Sydney instantly suspects him. She runs away. She runs downstairs and out the front door, where she finds Deputy Dewey holding the mask out at her. And <laughs> like, they I don't both know why scream. Was, yeah, yeah. I don't know how he was doing it that way, but it was a good jump scare. Uh. And then Billy gets arrested, and Sydney heads downtown to the station to answer some questions. And reporter Gail Weathers shows up to get the inside scoop. But her cameraman moves too slowly to get anything. She totally berates him and makes yeah. him that's savage yeah. again. Like again on the rewatch, it's like she doesn't even hate her cameraman. She just is like that's how she is. Of, she just kind of pops off every once in a while. But when you're watching it for the first time, you're like, damn, this lady is this a bitch. bitch. Like, yeah, no, man. we're supposed to not like not her, like her. Know? Yeah, right. totally. So I was definitely getting on board with that the first time. But you know, once you've seen it, you're like. Nah, she's cool. She's just, you know, trying to get the scoop because she's right. All the stuff she says is right. She like Cotton yeah. Weary is not guilty of, of Cotton Weary killing the guy who's like accused of raping and, and killing Sidney's mom. City's yeah, right, right. He's definitely innocent. Um, who was falsely like identified? She wrote a whole book about out. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. She yeah. really know. Gil Weathers is a really good investigative journalist. She actually is. Yeah. And uh, and that's why that's one of the reasons I also love the Scream series is because uh, I just recently watched the sixth one. That's the latest one that just came out. And she's in all of them. She like she is confirmed the only character that's been in all Scream films. Dang. And I'm like that. I okay. do love that. Low that's key spoilers dope. for all of the other Scream movies. I but know, right? Fair enough. It's, I don't know if it's spoilers, but well, because I feel like in horror genre, at least knowing that somebody won't ever die, die yeah. is definitely like you know it adds yeah. plot armor. But um, but yeah, so that was good establishment of like all of our characters as yeah. like Billy is now. So so like looking suspect that you almost have to say that he can't be the killer, right? Yeah. Because like they already caught the killer this early in the movie, right? Totally. Yeah. So um, we go down to the station, and they find uh, Sydney's. Fa- well, they can't find Sydney's father. They're looking mm, for him. Looking he for didn't him. check into his hotel, and the like. Police are or the he sheriff. He didn't get on his flight. Like he didn't get on his flight. Yeah, that's the whole. So they said he's not registered at the airport. It means that he didn't like. Well, he was staying at the airport hotel, and he didn't register at the hotel. Oh, okay, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he he didn't check. I thought in. he was going like on a business trip. He and was. He was gonna fly. Right. Out. He was he was gonna stay at the hotel at the airport. Oh, but no one can okay. get a, a hold of him. I mean, it, it's not important. Like the the place sure. he was supposed to be. Yeah. he's not. He's there, not there. So nobody knows where he is. Mm-hmm. And then the police are interrogating Billy, and he's like, "Why do you own a cell phone?" <laughs> It's <laughs> just so funny. Like, leave out that now. Yeah, it's like, everyone's kind of sussy that yeah, you, you have an phone. iPhone. <laughs> well, he doesn't have an iPhone. Yeah, yeah, but like, but I'm saying, like, if he did have an iPhone, that would like, be very suspect. Like, do you have Instagram too? Yeah. <laughs> Why would a kid have a cell phone? <laughs> and then uh, they, they are going to hold on to him until they get the phone records back to see if he's the one who made the calls to Sydney because that would yeah. pretty much wrap this thing up. And then Deputy Dewey shows the sheriff the packaging for the ghost face costume and it just looks like something you would get at like party city or whatever literally yeah it's called father death and uh you know they <laughs> said it was very common i didn't know it was called father death damn yeah it says father death yeah. at the top and then again it's like 
it's the dad. Obviously, the dad is the killer yeah. because it's father, father dad. dad. Yeah, you, know, yeah, a no. bit of- you can get this costume at like any like 99 cent store or some bullshit that yeah. he was saying. And so it's just like, we can't track the purchase. It could be anyone. Could yeah. be anyone, mm-hmm. which is why one of the things that I was thinking about more in retrospect, because I, I feel like I thought it was one killer the whole time, but it's like, what if anybody in town is the killer? Like, yeah. it's, like what if it turns out that the killer only ever killed one time and everybody else is a copycat and everyone's just using this costume as like a way to kill, Yeah, which yeah. that would be almost scarier because then how do you stop that, you know? But anyways, that's a different movie. They they basically say that they, they're not going to be able to figure out who bought that, that costume. And then Gail Weathers shows up again at the station looking for the scoop and Sydney and Tatum are leaving out the back trying to be secret and Gail Weathers rushes them and then Sydney punches her right in the face as they uh, as they head out. Hell yeah. Yes. That, yeah. I thought well, that was like, <laughs> what'd she say? It's like, uh, I'll send you a copy. I'll copy. Bam. Bam. Yeah. 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 And her, I love like later on they're at Tatum's house and she, and she she's going best emo. She's like, You were totally cool kicking Gail's ass. Yeah, Sydney. Yeah. Super bitch. Super bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Send you a copy. Pow. <laughs> yeah, and, Sydney uh, or Tatum was definitely Bessie numero uno. She was there for Sydney, which uh, you know, was was great, which yes. made it even sadder when she, Tatum died. Dude, well, I also <laughs> love like cause cause Tatum is like number one bestie, yet she also is like I she's like she's telling Sydney honestly she's like I don't know if Cotton Weary did it she's like I right. kind of am believing Gail Weathers I'm gonna be honest she well and also just like the rumors because apparently around town people knew I think Sydney mm-hmm. was just in denial, in denial. That her mom was like a slut sure which also imagine playing Sydney's mom you're not even in the movie you're just in pictures you're just in and pic- you're yeah. just the slut the slut <laughs> in the movie yeah, yeah, yeah. like whoever's lady they use for those photos it's like do you want to be a dead slut That's- in this movie <laughs> <laughs> So then we go to Tatum's house. You know, Sydney's staying there. That's where we say. At this point, Billy is still at the the police station. At the station, station. they dragged him into the cell, and he was like, "Sydney, look at me, look at me, Sydney, you didn't do it." You're right, right. So then, um, Sydney gets a call at Tatum's house, and it's the killer. And he says that Sydney has fingered the wrong guy Mm -hmm. again. And then he promises that she'll find out soon enough who he is and hangs up. And then Deputy Dewey walks in and picks up the phone. And he's like, hello. <laughs> Which I thought was so funny that they left that in. Like, David Arquette yeah. is, like, I love well, that it's he's so, It's supposed to be community. like a red herring though, right? Because he could be like, he could be like one of the killers. He's communicating with the killer. You're saying um, Deputy Dewey was is like a, a suspect. A suspect? Yeah. Well, because like it could be anybody, right? Sure. Like, sure. That's what Randy's been saying. Like everybody's a suspect, right? Yeah. I I did think it was really funny though. He like tries to communicate, but I thought it was going to be something a little bit more sinister. Um, I know now. I know now. Like obviously, uh, you know, he's not like one of the killers at all, but. Yeah, I remember on my first watch is like, oh man, yeah, like, he is almost he in on it. Like, it's, it's almost like he plays. He's playing. It, it almost felt like he's playing. Oh, dumb well, because he's like Wait, playing saying, the dumb cop. You're thinking like, that like he's picking up, say hello, and then it cuts away, but he's having a conversation with the killer after that. Interesting. I didn't. I cool, never I mean, you even could looked be. at it. From uh, that the whole thing is like you just don't know because because uh, I mean, obviously Dewey like within first scene he, he kind of gives gullible. Definitely, he gives goofball. Yeah, goofball. Like, goofball. But it's like you don't know if that's like a just. 
just him toying and shit. You really don't know. And and interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah, that was like ironically enough though. Um, on my like on this watch is like okay if there was like a second killer, this could be like yeah. where it's at because like you're already killer suspecting could, a second well, killer. Well, because like because like if you know if there was I multiple killers and like you know um you could be like oh well dude what if the police are in on it? You sure, know? sure. I mean yeah. I I do feel like this movie tries to make you be skeptical and like anybody yes. could be in on it. Sure. So the next morning, Sydney's watching TV at Tatum's house and she sees Cotton Weary. Uh, obviously, the man who was convicted of raping and murdering her mother, and he's appealing the the uh, decision. Deputy Dewey says that Billy's cellular b- bill is clean, and he didn't make the calls to Sydney's house last night. So now she feels like you know I did actually finger the wrong guy mm-hmm. again. Yeah. yeah. So then Sydney goes to school. Gail Weathers is there. She confronts her, and then they talk about how Cotton Weary is like whether or not he's guilty yeah gail is adamant that sydney sentenced a innocent man to death she says that cotton was framed and you know you can see sydney is kind of having her confidence in what she did shaken yeah and then uh you know gail is talking to her cameraman she says that she needs proof she can save cotton's life while also selling a bunch of books so i feel like at this point it's almost kind of turning a corner where you're like gail is doing this for the right reasons even if one of those reasons is like to sell Make books money. and sure famous yeah. right But it's like, but she also wants to do it by being the hero who kind of like saves Cotton's life and brings truth to power. Totally. So that's how investigative journalists are. They they, they want to know how they're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of an interesting turn because obviously they try to make you hate her at the beginning. But then at school, they're like in the hallway and some kid is running around in a father death outfit, kind of spooking everybody. And Stu thinks it's hilarious. It's like Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> which is also funny in retrospect because it's like this is them like emulating him yes. you know it's yes. Yes. like pretty i mean i i was a high school boy and i was into murders i would be like uh, yeah people are digging like what i'm putting what out i'm there. doing <laughs> yeah no, for real people um, love my work right exactly and um even though Stu doesn't even have to, like a real motive for doing it so i don't know if he's doing it for the for the notoriety or anything but he he definitely gets a kick out of it yeah and then isn't later billy at school yes, yeah Billy's yeah at school he was released by his dad right right whatever, so after he's proven clean Right. Well, yeah. He after the the bill comes back, they they let. Well, but we don't know where he is yet, right? Because we're no, just watching yeah. Ghostface run down the hall, and Stu thinks it's hilarious, mm-hmm. but Tatum doesn't. Like, she's always kind of like, "Come on, like, have a filter, please." Yes, like, yeah, uh, yeah. Because especially around Sydney, and Sydney, you know, is not loving that there's Ghostface running around. So then mm-hmm. she walks down the hall, and then she runs right into Billy. Yeah, and she tries to apologize uh, for like saying that he's a he's killer. The killer yeah <laughs> and uh billy says that you know things haven't been the same since her mother died and basically says like you need to get over your trauma and he's like i want my girlfriend back yeah which is totally unhinged and very and much like yeah. red flag problematic super boyfriend huge, yeah. situation super huge you need to get over your flags. dead mom and have sex with me basically is what he's and i love yeah, that i love up, after man. she like she leaves she's like stupid he like hits his <laughs> oh, classic boyfriend like i fuck that up right right like yeah. they're just being teenagers and and like being immature and stuff which again just seems normal mm-hmm. then she and so like he makes her cry and she runs into the bathroom then we cut to principal henry wink Winkler, uh, which is, I think his name is actually Principal Himbury, but I'm going to be referring to him Winkler. as Principal Henry Winkler. And he's reprimanding the two pranksters that were dressed up as Father Death running around the school. And he expels them. 
and he says that they should be gutted and hung up so everyone can see what kind of heartless shits they are like he's being very vulgar very vulgar. and he does this while swinging some big scissors around every time he moves them you hear like a shing shing it's like very much trying to get across it's like this is just like a knife yeah. and he's like you should be cut up and like gutted and maybe it's like, i'm the up. killer right exactly <laughs> so funny that's like the movies <laughs> so trying to make you believe that it's him imagine yeah no dude imagine the fawns being the, the killer at the end of the whole thing i love how the, yeah that literally what you just said the movie is like hey maybe he's the killer <laughs> like I, I forgot about the 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 scissors until i saw rewatched it on amazon Prime. i was like damn i forgot about this sing sound sing, right which sing. is uh, this this is why i do think this movie is really well written is because while they're doing that they're trying to make it look like henry winkler might be the killer yeah you've got one of the most important ideas about figuring out who it is right in front of you two ghost face like yeah. they're right across from each other bringing up the point that yes it could be two people not two just people. one yeah i definitely did not, not catch that, that first yeah. time no, yeah. Yeah. Like, no one does really. i like continue to think who is the killer yeah you know so it's it was very cool and uh well yeah what happens next so yeah, yeah he expels them and uh you know he's swinging around the scissors then we go back to the bathroom where Sydney uh, is overhearing some girls talk sh- mad shit, shit about her. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> in a previous podcast, I've talked about how it's kind of tough to share the bathroom with like men yeah. because they're so gross and make so many like unbearable noises while they're and like, destroying using the things just for fun. Right. Yeah. And just yeah. like not taking care of the bathroom. But girls Gross might have it even tougher in the bathroom because they have to hear over each other talking mad shit about yeah. each other like this. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Like Damn. she's ripping apart Sydney. Like basically it's like, yeah, Sydney's mom was a whore and she got killed. And then th- that now Sydney is also the killer it's and way, also yeah. a whore. It was it's, insane. It sucks because <laughs> like she could she, she's it, she's only in the bathroom just to be alone and cry. But like it sucks because the bathroom in general is just there for us for people to do what they gotta do. Imagine if she was just there to do that and then people are just talking mad shit about her all <laughs> oh, they're dumping. Not. I'm like, damn. Damn, my date is yeah. as if my date wasn't going badly enough, you know? <laughs> I got the runs yeah. and I'm getting <laughs> drama <laughs> talked about getting shit about trashed. me. Trashed. So then what like those girls leave the bathroom, Sydney comes out and like starts using the sink, and then she can hear whispers like Sydney. It's like very faint. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. it she realizes that she's not alone, mm-hmm. and Ghostface pops out of one of the cells and leaps at her, and she has to like do a freaking like oh, slide, yeah. slide, like a yeah. combat slide, slide, slide. yeah. And then she gets out of the bathroom, and I was just wondering when I watched this again, I was like, when when does Ghostface get into the bathroom? First of all, who is Ghostface in this scene? Yeah, like it's Stu. It's Stu. Sure. You think okay. it's Stu? Okay, so. It might be Stu. I could see it being Stu, but let me just tell you my understanding of this scene. So they're in the hallway, mm-hmm. right? Sydney is standing there with Stu, and she walks down the hall where she runs into Billy. Billy is standing between her and the bathroom, and it doesn't look like there's any other way to get to the get bathroom there, yeah. besides going past Billy. So while we're looking at this scene, we should be able to see, see. if Stu walks past behind them, them before yeah. she goes in the bathroom, right? So my understanding is that Ghostface is not in the bathroom when she enters, right? She goes into the bathroom. Maybe at that point, Ghostface sneaks in right behind her, but mm. come on. She, he would have to like be right behind her and sneak into it. So it'd be like... Because, you know, obviously if the door opens and closes, she's going to know somebody walked in. Right? Yeah. So she walks in the bathroom. Then those two girls are in the bathroom. They would have seen Ghostface if he came in while they were there. So then when they leave, maybe Ghostface comes through the door when they leave. But wouldn't they see Ghostface and like react or well, something? Yeah, something? So like then that. at that point, 
there's no other time where Ghostface could have gotten in there. So I'm like, who is Ghostface in the scene? Yeah. I've seen people theorize that it's actually just one of the pranksters who's yeah. Ghostface. And it's not actually because there's really yeah because the Ghostface doesn't really like try that hard kill, to kill her. her. Yeah, just but also he still does jump out at her in a way that is like. I am going to kill you. Yeah, no, yeah. For, sure. It's, for sure. I think it's Stu because the whole point is that um, they, like, he, she runs into Billy and then he, like, probably has an inkling that she's going to go cry about her or Billy can, like, tell her that she's, like, she went off to the bathroom and they can get, like, a jump scare in. There are scenes where you only focus on uh, Sydney and you don't see what else is going on in the bathroom. And the theory is that it's just during like one of those scenes, Ghostface like slips in, like silently. I know, silently. or that the during is, the like conversation between Billy and Sydney, that Stu is getting ready because Billy's intentionally sending her to the bathroom by upsetting her. Right, but I guess it's just uh, I, I could I definitely think any of these things are possible because we don't get a hundred percent omniscience about right. like what goes on. But I just think it's kind of weird that they're able to get away with this in like a school full of people like somebody would have reacted to um i do know and this is probably a little probably obvious but like i i know i'm not sure about who's who's ghostface in the bathroom i know who ghostface is chasing sydney in the house the night before when he calls though and that is definitely Stu. oh definitely yeah yeah um because billy's outside with like coming in through the window um but also uh someone i forgot where i had seen it was someone on youtube doing like a deep dive into what scenes and who's ghost face in what scene and uh anytime you see like someone like kind of using their knife to kind of play around that's that's Stu. Stu likes to do that yeah and so it was really cool to hear someone's take, some some scream super fans take. Oh, definitely. On, no, that's one of the cool things about it is like going back and seeing that stuff all adds up. Yeah, yeah. it's all right there in front of you the whole totally. time. So, anyways, we go um, outside of the school, and Gail Weathers meets Deputy Dewey, and she starts flirting with him, even mm-hmm. though he's one year out of her like main demographic. <laughs> and uh, Principal Winkler announced that school is canceled because of the killings, and that there is now a citywide curfew. So. You know they're they're gonna go have to be you know in at night. The whole town's gonna shut down essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then Gail asks if the father is a suspect. She asks Dewey if the father's a mm-hmm. suspect, and Dewey says that he hasn't been ruled out. Oh, could it be the father? Could be you the know, father. A yeah. lot of things here. The movie trying to make you think maybe it's the father. Mm-hmm. So then Stu decides to host a house party that night to celebrate the fact that school is canceled. Totally. And Tatum and Stu kind of pressure Sydney into going. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Come on, please, like, come you, out, yeah, come, come, out. Out, yeah, come like, out for us, do it for me, kind of yeah. thing." And uh, they say it'll just be a safe, intimate gathering with just close friends. <laughs> but then we cut back to the office where Principal Winkler is. is trying on the ghost face man. I love maybe that. I'm the killer I yeah. love that. he's like love playing with his hair because he puts too. it on and he goes yeah. <laughs> get to the mirror it's so funny <laughs> then he gets a knock at the door but when he opens it no one's there mm-hmm. and then he gets another knock at the door and he goes off to try to find out who did it I love this part very very much because when he comes out and he's like, and and the janitor's like, who is that? He's like, oh, never mind, St- uh, yeah, Steve. Yeah, like, or where are you, West. little shit? And he's yeah. like, what did you call me? <laughs> um, fun fact: that janitor is Wes Craven. 
Yes, oh, the director. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a little even, cameo. And it's even cooler because not only is he Wes Craven, he's dressed as Freddy Krueger, yes. which I don't know if the listeners know, but Wes Craven also directed Nightmare on Elm Street. So I love that he's dressed as Freddy Krueger. And it, it's funny, just, just one little reference to Nightmare on Elm Street. There's a scene where Freddy is dressed as a, a student. And she's got like the sweater and the clothes, and she's like, no running in the halls. And it's kind of <laughs> reminiscent of that. And so I love that. That's, that's the one main Easter egg I had in this movie. Is it's got to be Craven. one of the most blatant references in this yeah, film. Is for it's real. Like, he literally walks out. He's got and a this fedora on, too. He's like, dressed as Freddy Krueger, and he goes, like, Not you, Fred. Yeah. Like, his name literally is, <laughs> is Fred. Fred. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is a good one. Yeah. So then, yeah, he's like, I guess, yeah, not you, Fred. And then when he returns, his closet, which was open before is now shut. shut so he suspects that maybe there's somebody in there, in there and he opens it and he's like looking around and there's nobody in there but what is funny is that he has a leather jacket in there like yeah. just like the, like fawns, the fawns yeah. has, which is another easter egg yeah that was yeah. my easter egg I and was then say. so oh, hell yeah 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 so then he is uh like, all right no like, one's in the closet I'm fine. he like yeah. checks out his hair a little bit <laughs> yeah. and then he uh you know he's like okay i'm fine and he goes to close the door to his office, and who's behind, behind the door? Ghostface. Ghost and he jumps out and stabs the principal to death, and we get to see Ghostface's reflection like in his dead pupil. I love that shot where you see Ghostface like, walking away in his pupil. It's so good. Yeah, he's like... Very well done sh- uh, shot. Yeah. yeah. So then, um, you know, we cut to Tatum and Sydney discussing the possibility that Sydney's mom really was a slut and that maybe Cotton Weary is innocent. Mm -hmm. And then we see uh, Ghostface kind of um, stalking them, stalking them from the woods, which probably means that's like Ghostface on his way back from stringing up the principal. I actually forgot about Ghostface being in the background of that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Well, because like they're in the grocery store or whatever, and you see like Ghostface in the reflective panel. Um, cause they're like, I guess they're getting like chips and like, well, we're, yeah, yeah, we're not at that part yet, yeah. but yeah, oh, yeah, that, that, that yeah. Okay. Got, yeah, right now they're on the balcony, they're on the balcony and talking they're about talking about, oh, about right. how that's the what rumors right. Right. might be true about, um, but yes, Ghostface isn't in that market scene too. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll get there. We're going in just chronological yeah. oh, okay. right now. Sorry. Well, after uh, that is when they cut to the video. Well, well, before that, like the, in this scene, they're talking about how the rumors might be true. And they say like, you can only hear the Richard Gear like rumor. So many times before, before you start, start believing it's true. true. Do you guys know what they're referencing when they're talking about that? No, I don't. Actually. South Park actually did a whole episode about this, but there was this rumor in Hollywood that Richard Gere had, like, basically the way it came out was somebody flooded a bunch of fax machines in, like, these Hollywood, I guess, like, executive offices of, like, the studios and yeah. stuff. They faxed in this, like, message from, like, the people... Like, it wasn't PETA, but it's a basically PETA, like, yeah. people who care about animals being yeah. uh, treated ethically. And they were saying, like, you have to stop letting Richard Gere put gerbils up his ass. Like, there was, there was a rumor that he was doing that for, like, sexual reasons or whatever. And they're like, it's not fair to the gerbils. You can't do that. And it became such a rumor. It's, like, so unbelievable. I've never heard this. <laughs> but it became, like, a meme that... It is actually true, right? It's like yeah. I know it sounds unbelievable. Come on, come on! You can only hear that rumor so many times before you have well, to start believing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, yeah. that's what she's referencing, and she's like, "Well, Dang. you can only hear the rumors so much before you believe they're true." I did not get that at all, and I love that learning that now. That's crazy because you know that another like rumor in Hollywood before like it came out was that Harvey Weinstein would like 
fuck the yeah. women in his movies. Yeah. Yeah. Like he would he would require them to have sex with them so that he could that like, they would be in his movies. Mm. And that ended up being freaking true. Yeah. yeah. So not me over here saying that you should believe rumors, but um, No, but it's like But it's, the, they've it's pretty wild reference to Richard Gere yeah. in Scream nineteen ninety six. So anyways, uh yeah, Ghostface watches them from the woods. What yeah, what and then next? uh then we co- cut to one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, which is the video store with yes. yes you see like the frankenstein uh movie like Poster, playing and yeah. it kind of shows randy running around gliding Stalking. on his little thing and i feel like i really like um screenwriters and directors who love movies yes and i feel like you can tell when they love people who like they create characters that love, love movies, movies in their own movie yes randy looks like he's having a good time oh he's randy like, is living he for just it. jumps on the cart and like slides and this guy's like watch it asshole <laughs> like, yeah, he's just like i'm uh, you know yeah, I'm, I'm just, just working paying, here yeah and it, to talk about video stores dude this movie is dating itself like basically. yes it's like yeah, a classic dude. blockbuster-esque yes. kind of video store yeah dude i i remember going to blockbuster and getting freaked out seeing the covers of scary movies i'm like no yeah way. i'm not yeah. looking at that dude uh, uh, specifically like i remember being creeped out by the the movie hannibal which is technically science of the lambs part two but it's just a, a creepy picture of anthony hawkins <laughs> smiling at you uh, that used to freak me out so as a little boy like i no, also not had, anthony hopkins, <laughs> anthony hopkins. <laughs> not the narrator of who the how the grinch stole christmas <laughs> so anyways Randy is at work at the video store, mm-hmm. and Billy and Stu are there too. And there's just a ton of people. And there. They're talking about motives. They're talking about who the killer could be. Yeah. Exactly. They're literally addressing what the audience is thinking about, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So yeah. Randy points out that Billy is obviously the killer, and he's and then Stu's like, "Oh, well, then why the cops let him go, smart guy?" Yeah. And he says the cops let him go because they don't watch enough scary movies. Yeah. He says it's always the most simple answer, which is that. Billy is like uh, trying to kill his own girlfriend. Yeah, and he's, he's like, 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 like "Why would he want to kill his own?" He's like, "There's always some stupid reasons. to kill your girlfriend." He's like, "Maybe Sydney wouldn't have sex with yeah. him." Right, I love, right. I love <laughs> it because Stu's like, "Oh, what is she saving herself with you?" He's like, "Well, unrelated." Do you think Sydney would want to go out with me? Right, right. And then he's like, <laughs> <laughs> "No, I don't at all." Like, damn, he's no roasted chance. his ass. So yeah, it's exactly what you said. And then Stu thinks that he's like, "I don't think that Billy's a killer. I think that the, the dad is the killer." killer. Yeah. Which again. Yeah. That's who they're trying to frame. Maybe so of course that's who yeah. Right. So maybe, maybe it's the dad. You know why they can't find her father? Yeah. And then Randy's like, "Well, that's because the pro- father's probably dead, and he'll show up in the last reel." Yeah. Which yeah. is actually he's not dead, but he does show, show up, up in the last yeah. reel. But I love that because then because then they're talking about it's like they're talking about Billy, and then Billy. Yeah, no, that's, that's when well, Billy shows before up. Before Billy shows up, well, Billy's there standing in the horror section, which Randy says is in yeah. poor taste. But <laughs> Randy literally starts yelling about how like Everyone's there's a formula for this stuff, and everyone's a suspect. suspect. And then everyone in the video store stops what they're saying and looks at, looks him, at him, which I think is so masterfully done in a meta movie yeah. because they represent us as the audience. As the audience We're yes, supposed yeah. to be listening to what he's saying. He's literally telling us, telling us. exactly right. what's going on. He's the best in guy. The movie. It's so great. Like this this is one of my favorite like meta moments for the actual movie. Like he's literally saying like you guys who are witnessing the story, listen to what I'm telling you and this right is literally now. what yeah. it is. Yeah. So <laughs> You know, everybody stops and looks and listens, and then he says, the father is a red herring, and the killer is obviously Billy. And that's when Billy confronts him and says, maybe I, Randy's the killer. Wait, how do we know you're not the killer? He lost track of reality, and he yeah. started like, living out. Movies. Yeah, the, the, the scary movies. 
which is so projection because they love scary they movies. They love scary movies. They're that's, doing their that's killings. That's whole thing. Yeah. Straight out of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. That's literally what they're doing. But then Randy says, he's like, if this was a movie, I'd be, I'd be the, the prime suspect. Yeah, like, totally. He's totally willing to bite that bullet mm-hmm. because he believes in like what he's saying. Yeah, no, which, totally. Absolutely. Which yeah. I think, yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's a great scene for sure. I, I knew you would like that moment because it's, it's very... It's very well done. It's yeah. probably it's one so of my meta. So meta. Uh, so what happens next, Ben? So Stu then like asks because they're both Stu and Billy are sandwiched around Randy, which at the time I was just like, whatever, they're just the guys. Well, what would be your motive? Well, but now watching it back, you're like, that's both of the killers, both of the killers like right yes. there. That's yeah. one of the things I love about Randy is his brushes with death. <laughs> he like gets so close to dying so many times. Yes. Uh, like yes. he still survives so much. So yeah, they ask him what his motive would be. And Randy says he doesn't need a motive. Because Motives are incident. Yeah. It's yeah. a millennium. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, is also kind of like interesting. That was something I didn't really realize was a thing was that people looked at the millennium like it becoming 2000 as like this fundamental shift where it's like now things are totally different. You don't need a motive necessarily. It's kind of redefining everything. It's funny because it's pre uh, Dark Knight Joker because that that was one example of not needing a reason to do chaos or or be evil. Some people just want to watch the the world burn. Exactly. Literally. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So then Tatum and Sydney go shopping for food for the party because that was something that uh, Stu told them to do. Uh, but yeah, about to get ready for the party. Yeah. Right. And then uh, Sydney is discussing her sexual issues with Billy. She feels bad that she doesn't want to have sex with him. And uh, Tatum is being, a, again, a supportive friend. She's like, he doesn't deserve you. You know? Yeah. You know, that's like, yeah. she's definitely classic tier yeah, bestie friend, mode. Bestie mode for sure. And then we see Ghostface watching them. Watching them. them. Yeah. In the reflection in the of. Of the yeah, of like the freezer door, right? But again, I'm like, does nobody else see Ghostface in this freezer? Dressed up as go, yeah. Like they're not the only people in this store, yeah. Right. So I was like, why is Ghostface risking it? Unless it's some sort of like psychological thing where they think they're seeing Ghostface, but it's implied they don't even notice that they were. Yeah, they don't even see Ghostface like on scene. So that one for me, I was like, roll my eyes because I was like, that's okay. Um, and something we haven't talked about yet, but the the way that they try to get you to understand who the killer is through the boots, because you see yes. Ghostface wears boots, boots, and at the fountain at the beginning, Stu and Billy are wearing the same boots. Oh, but so also, it's like you know, it's like if you had looked at that, you'd be like, oh, I think it might be that. I didn't even, damn, oh, I did dude, not think of that. Even more so, the sheriff is wearing the same boots. A little bit further, it's ahead. literally yeah. the next thing that happens. The yes. sheriff uh, tells Dewey because they're having a conversation while yeah, the yeah, girls yeah, yeah. are shopping that the phone records came back, and it turns out that Sydney's father father's phone made the call. Was the one who made the yeah, call, and right? They can't and then, find him still. Right, right. So that they're like, he's our man. He's Tonight, our main. Yeah. Like we're looking for him. He's what we're trying to catch tonight. But yeah. he like is smoking a cigarette or whatever. Yes. And like I thought you quit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he's like, yeah. that's so classic police that officer. Is so who's like he's like trying to quit, but the current plot of the movie is so stressful, stressful for him. And he's like, I gotta, he's have got, a got a cigarette. Yeah. I gotta toke one out. Yeah, but he uh he so he tokes one out, but then like puts it out with his boot. Yes. And we see it's the same boots. Yeah. As it's one of the, the most okay. This movie does so much misdirection. Like there is a part, I don't even remember where, but there's like a part where Sydney just opens like the closet and it there's nothing in there but you hear like the and like you hear yeah. like this yeah. jump scare yeah, noise yeah, yeah. 
they're like messing with your expectations and to have like the close up on his boots smashing the cigarettes like oh maybe the sheriff the, the sheriff killer. yeah no. like, why would it be the sheriff I, because no. everybody's a suspect uh, and it's, it's so no, funny this movie does play into that everybody's a suspect I thought it was, so well. that was the funniest one to me although I'll be honest I didn't even notice it the first I'm time so I was watching. I'm so glad you guys are, uh, even on this first watch, are catching those things, though, because that's oh, like... Oh, I did not. Well, on the second watch is when I noticed the boots thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, so, anyways... I'm so glad you at least wa- re- watched it again, because it's it's cool to watch this movie specifically again. I love watching whodunits more than once. Yeah. I feel like yeah, the yeah. second watch is really what solidifies it as a, a good who's... Uh, or I was about to say, he's done it. Who done <laughs> it? He's done it! <laughs> well, because once you, like have accepted the mystery and you like kind of yeah. know what what's going to happen you can watch it again and see how they kind of like lay that out for yep, you yep. and it makes it a better experience i felt the same way about the movie uh knives out i like knives to, uh, out, i re-watched that and that yeah. was a cool knives out i feel like does a good job of it we have an episode on the sequel to knives out glass, glass onion, onion yeah. and joey does a really good job pointing out why that one doesn't hold up because on the rewatch there's a lot of stuff that it's not just misdirection it's basically lying to you so it's like you cannot solve the mystery on the front end because they don't give you a chance scream does give you a chance totally gives you a chance it's not that it's not about beating the movie to the reveal totally it's about the movie being able to be honest with you yeah yeah yeah. and have you still not get it totally that's totally that's what i'm looking for and i feel like scream the movie is super honest with you but it makes you skeptical yeah like could it be the killer well that's why i love that it's it's like it's a horror scary movie but it's also a mystery and it's it's cool to have those both elements right in the same movie but uh yeah so sydney dewey and tatum go to Stu's party and Gail and her cameraman follow them there. And then, like, once they're in the party, they're partying around. We'll ask him about what scary movie they're going to watch. Yeah. And Stu asks Tatum to go get him some beer out of the garage. Stu specifically asks her to go. Mm-hmm. And then the doorbell rings. So Stu goes to answer it. And he comes back, and it's Gail and Dewey walking into the party together. And, and Dewey's like, oh, she's with me. Yeah. yeah. And, and, get, and little does Dewey know, though, Gail puts a camera by the TV. Right, on top of the VCR. So she can stream, her and her cameraman can be in the van looking at what's happening at the party. Yes. Yeah, and there's like a 30 second delay. Right, right. Which I thought was such a clever thing to put in your movie because we get all sorts of meta with that in just a little bit. So then we see Tatum, she goes to the garage to get more beer, but when she tries to get back in the house, the door is locked. So she's like knocking on the door trying to get back in. And then she tries to go out the garage door but Ghostface stops it from opening. Like halfway mm. up, it comes back down. Yeah. And she thinks it's Randy in a costume. Everyone thinks it's Randy being meta about yeah. movies. Yeah. And she's like, um, oh, you want to play Psycho Killer? Mm. And he like nods. Like, no, please Mr. don't kill me, Mr. Mr. Ghostface. I, I want to be, be in the, the sequel. <laughs> classic. Classic. <laughs> Which is iconic line. Yeah. Iconic line. And But he's not playing. He's Ghostface not playing. is there for killing her yes. so she struggles to get away throwing beers at he already her, cuts her arm and stuff. Yeah. yeah yeah he cut her arm she's bleeding everywhere and then she to get away she tries to squeeze through the cat door <sighs> in the garage door and then we have probably the most grisly crazy murder of yeah. the whole movie yes where he opens the garage door and it crushes her at the top like breaking her neck and oh. like jamming her in there yeah and then uh after she's dead Ghostface re-enters the party mm-hmm. yeah silently like a shadow. I loved this scene. I think this this was like such a fun and creative kill. Oh, it's it, it's and it is yeah. Was the one of the hardest like deaths in the because it's also the bestie and uh, and I love at this point like after that 
um, high school, the high school kids know about the principal's death at this point. Well, well, no, not I, yet. Wait, wait, not yet. I want to stick on the garage because oh, okay. I thought it was such a like. This movie's mostly just stabbings, right? Ah, Which is scary yeah, yeah. enough, but I like putting a little artistry in there. You know, the reason why the Drew Barrymore one at the beginning is interesting is not because they kill her, it's because they play with her before she They toy with her big they time. Make her answer movie trivia yeah. questions. Yeah. And with Tatum going through that door, apparently like when I was watching it, my fiance was like, "Why is she going through the cat door? She's not gonna fit." But yeah, and uh, <laughs> like it's like it's kind of such a stupid choice. I love, to make. I love that someone's like your fiance is already like, "What was this dumb bitch doing?" <laughs> but apparently, when they're filming it, she actually like kept slipping out because she actually could fit through it oh that's easily. funny so they had to nail her clothes to oh. the like outside of it to make well, it look like she, she was, was actually stuck. stuck and filling it that, out i did not know that that's cool right love so that she, easter egg right so she yeah like uh but i just felt like such a good idea and apparently originally the scene was going to be that the garage door closed on her oh. and like she was stuck underneath it but oh. when they got to the, the house where they were filming it they saw that it had a cat door in it and they're like oh we got to use that use the cat yes. oh totally that's golden so i thought i thought it was a very creative kill oh hell yeah and uh you know still who did it which who we know it? That it was definitely freaking Stu. yeah because he's the one who asked her to go get totally, the beers totally so then um you know back in the party the like the whole gang is uh oh, wait is, a minute i thought it was uh, billy who was in the garage killing her Oh, interesting. It, it could have been. Well, because like to me, Stu is like, oh, she probably like ran out and did something or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And we and he's like at the party still. Well, but we yeah, don't know. That where actually Billy's is a good point. That because, is a good point. Well, that's the thing. After Tatum's death, though, Billy comes to the front door. You're right. right. Okay, so no, you're I right, always you're got right. the impression that like Billy is the one who is you know there in the garage yeah Stu just teed him up but you're i think you're right billy would have been the yeah, one they the, the only thing is it's like when you see Ghostface go back in he goes in the house in the house and yeah. then Stu is in the house yeah i right. i actually that's, did that's think fair. i do I think, think it's, it is i, Stu, I don't know but, if, well the whole thing is it's what's your theory what do you believe that yeah. is? i think it's Stu just because Stu told her to go and then she dies and, and then he goes, back, goes in back in the, the house. house that's and why then I you see Stu yeah. in the house and billy comes from outside the house yeah, yeah. but it could be it could be either um, I'm still team. Stu, well, that's also but. when they were talking because because yeah, the high school, the, all the other high school kids are still at the party, and that's when they're talking about the rules and and Randy. This is one of my favorite parts because Randy's talking about well. Well, uh, before we get to that, I want to go in chronological order there because oh, okay. when, when we get back into the house, Billy arrives at the party That's right. and Stu gives them permission to go, to to go up to Sydney or to take Sydney room. up to the parents' room. And again, Stu not having a filter and being like way too straightforward with, yeah. with that. Yeah. You know, like implying sex, you know? Sex. <laughs> so then, um, meanwhile, we see Gail and the cameraman watching the party through the camera. And this is when we find out about the 30 second delay. Yeah. And then up in uh, Stu's parents room billy tries to apologize mm. to sydney you know for like pressuring her and like the whole com like, conversation outside yeah. the bathroom but sydney cuts him off and she apologizes to, to him, him for having ptsd which is again yeah. very much red flag it's, problematic boyfriend well it's very you know it, it for Toxic her it's, it's almost confirmed. it's almost yeah. like a stockholm syndrome ish kind of thing for her right right so she accepts that her mom was a slut and she admits that she's afraid that she'll end up like her and and then Billy makes a Silence of the Lambs reference. And then he says that uh, we are in a movie. Yeah. Which, again, is so, so meta. Movie, yeah. And he's like, 
yeah. everything's well, in the movie. Yeah, he's like, well, only- we're literally in the movie Scream well, 1996. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, but he says, we're in a movie, only you can't pick your genre. Yes. Because, yeah. and he's saying that knowing, he's like, because I'm about to make your genre a freaking slasher, a, a yeah. horror movie. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then Sydney's like, Sydney's like, well, you know, I would r- settle for a good porno. <laughs> right, right. Basically saying she's ready to have sex with Billy, mm. uh, which is then, because right when that happened, I was like, Billy's about to die because anytime you have sex in a horror movie, you get killed. You get killed, and then we go downstairs. Like I literally said that like while I was watching this with my fiance, and that's when they start talking about the rules. And then downstairs, the party is watching Halloween, and Randy explains the rules for surviving a horror movie. This was so so huge because that this is like one of the most meta parts of it. In my lays it out very clearly. Well, and I I mean I don't know because I was one years old in 1996, (laughs) but I assume this is the first time anybody had like blatantly stated these things in a movie in a movie yeah, yeah where it's yeah, like yeah. rule number one you can never have sex you can't drink yeah. or do drugs rule like, number yeah. two you can't do, yeah drink or do drugs which is funny because they're saying these things but also not acting like they're in a gonna use these rules because they're yeah. not in a horror movie yeah. you know they don't know even though they, they, they know. are right? they're literally cheering when he's like listen you can't drink or do drugs and, and they're then, all and then, and then they toast he like, like he clinks his beer after he's yeah. like don't don't drink it's he an clinks. extension yeah. of uh, rule number one it's a cardinal sin it's yeah. like they're all breaking the rules as he lists the rules because there's sex happening upstairs they're all drinking and then he's like and, and never say, say I'll be, I'll right, be back. right back and yeah. Sue's like hey I'm gonna get something from the he's like hey do you want a beer He's like, sure. like, yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Oh, right back. <laughs> and he points him like, oh. That also, like, is what makes me think it could have been Stu, because like he goes to the garage to get more beers, and no. he obviously would see Tatum. No, well, like, yes. well, that's why I was. That's why I was. I, I, I'm sorry to, to to not be so chronological. I, I was trying to get to that because that's he either could have been going to the like go, stepping away to kill Tatum or. When he's going upstairs after post sex with uh, Billy and uh, Sydney, because that's when he, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that is what happened. That's, that's where it. he, he goes. Fa- yeah, he he goes to to kill, kill Billy. Billy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yes, yeah, so he's like, I'll be right back. And then we go yeah. outside and we see Gail is watching the party through the camera. Yeah, yeah. Right. And Deputy Dewey like knocks on the door and they turn it off because they want him to see that they're spying on the kids. Yeah. And he asks if she wants to go investigate the abandoned car that's down the road. Yeah. And again, it's like, yeah. is Deputy Dewey the killer again? Yeah. You know, kind of implying. Like, and they, I are. thought we'd walk. Yeah. Flynn, you know, yeah. the yeah. music implies it. Like, dude, but I like that they they get to the car. They do. They do take a walk and they get to the car and they find out that that car belongs to Sydney's father. That's right. So now the, well, the phone is, is... Well, they don't just find the car, right? They they have to like dive out of the way of the yeah, cars of the kids who are driving off driving. drunkenly. Yeah, yeah so, which is to go to the football field because they found out about yeah, the professor or the about, principal's um, death. To backtrack a little bit, yeah, Randy yeah. informs everybody that the principal died and they found his body. Right. And it's and, being strung up at the high school like football field and like, let's go check it out. Damn, yeah. It, like, imagine being that fucked up as a high schooler be like I want to go see fucking mutilated I know they're like giddy with excitement that's because the (laughs) two kids who got who's like it's like Christmas all the kids are like hell yeah death (laughs) yeah because the two kids who got expelled are at the party and they're the ones leading the charge I don't think I I didn't notice that hell yeah dude good for them that they're at least still partying they're still partying but also partying well good on you kids for catching that yeah they lead the charge for all the kids like dude let's go to the high school and see the principal strung up yeah yeah well backtracking a little bit more before that like we get to see like 
parts of Billy and Sydney having sex. Mm. And while that's happening downstairs, Randy is like, here it comes. The obligatory tit shot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude, I forgot about that. Uh, So, um, yeah. And then after that is when he gets the phone call and he tells everybody and they all take off. And he's like, dude, why are you guys leaving? And and so he's just watching Halloween on his own on the couch. Yeah. So, yeah, all those party years drunk drive away. They're definitely, like, swerving all over the place. Yeah. And it's like, dang. Back then, I guess drunk driving was still cool. Underage drinking was <laughs> Underage also totally drinking fine. Underage drinking was drunk the coolest. Was totally yeah. fine. It's the and, 90s. Uh, so, anyways, um, like, uh, after finishing up sex, Sydney and Billy uh, are, like, you know, putting their clothes back on. And she asks him who he called with his one phone call down mm-hmm. at the prison. And again, another great misdirect because Billy says he called his dad and she's like, no, the sheriff called your dad. Like she definitely doesn't believe him. And she's like, what if you use your one phone call to call huh. me to throw me off? Right. Yeah. Which oh. while you're watching it is like, Oh, what if he did that? But if you think about it, no, that's it not a private happen. phone call. The cops would listen yeah. to cops you doing that. And also, you they have voice, ha- voice changer exactly because right. that way you s- sound like Ghostface, right? So. Right. But you know he's like, "What do I have, have to, to do to convince you that I'm not a killer?" And then just then Ghostface is behind and stabs him, him. Yeah. and he's like he stabs him a bunch of times, and then Billy is like, like reaches his hand out <laughs> yeah. to Sydney, which is also him being kind of like, "Is this enough evidence? Is this enough you know? evidence? Like, yeah. But am I not the killer now? Now, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, so." Yeah. Like, I thought it was funny. So, Sydney books it. Somehow, I'm trying to remember how Randy doesn't notice her leaving the house. Because she's upstairs and she goes to the other room and gets on the roof. That's Um, exactly what happens. Because then when she falls, she sees Tatum in the cat door. Right, right. That is one of the coolest reveals. Dude, yeah. It's so grisly. And that was, I noticed that we saw a lot of bodily fluids in this movie. We didn't see any puke, but that was like the closest we saw. Yeah. To her, like covering her mouth She's after like, she saw. Yeah, Tatum. no, it was definitely like it, it grisly. But I love that because Randy is still inside, just watching Halloween. <laughs> well, okay, but, but I don't want us to miss the fact that like when Ghostface stabs Billy mm-hmm. and he like collapses on the bed, he starts chasing Sydney around, mm-hmm. and he like she like locks the door and like runs, but then Ghostface is just around the corner, which is another clue that Stu is Ghostface totally because Stu knows right. the layout of the house of the perfectly house. Yeah. and is able to chase her around. Then she runs to like an attic area and it's full of all these creepy like puppets that are strung up from the yeah. ceiling. Another hint that Stu's the killer totally. because yes. the puppets are strung up the same way that they string up their victims, victims after they yeah. gut them, you know? Yeah. 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 And then she falls out the window and lands on top of the boat and sees Tatum's body out there. So Hell finally yeah. like that comes to fruition. We know that she's absolutely dead and she's dead, not dead. ghost face. Yeah. Yeah. And she, yeah, she's definitely not ghost face. So then, um, Randy uh, is still on the couch watching, watching Halloween, dude. and yeah. he's trying to warn Jamie, Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis, Curtis that the killer's right behind her in the movie, this while Ghostface is, is, right is behind, behind, behind him. And I love this because um, after Sydney sees Tatum, she she flees to go help. She sees the uh, van, the like television van, and she's like, 
I see the cameraman's there. I gotta war- warn him. And he's like, get in here. Wait, it's on a 30 second delay. Well, before he does that, they're looking at the TV and they're watching, watching Randy. what we saw, which is Randy, Randy with Ghostface behind him. And they're like, watch out behind you, kid. Well, so, yeah, no. Behind it, you, it's, behind That you. is one of my favorite scenes in the whole which, movie. Is which is like so meta on so meta. Because it's like when you're watching a horror movie and the killer's behind the character, you are saying like, watch out behind watch you. Out. And then he's in the movie watching a movie too where he's saying, watch out behind you. And he's being watched what? in the movie by another character. Like, yeah. watch out behind you. It's metaception. It's it is it is. It's so clever. I yeah. thought that was Amazing. very funny. So good. <laughs> I'm so glad. But you're right. The the go- cameraman is like, there's a 30 second delay, and as soon as he walks, out turns the around, boom. Cameraman's sl- yeah. throat is slit. A lot of blood. Oh yeah. And oh, Sydney yeah. makes a break for it. She mm-hmm. takes off running. And um, Dewey and Gail who discovered the car mm-hmm. out in the middle of the woods and they're like it's the father's car i gotta get back because obviously he's here to kill them because yeah. the, yeah. the movie the whole time has been telling us it is the dad yeah and uh so he gets back and he's like lock yourself in the van and call for backup and i'm gonna go into the house with my gun and he gets in there and he hears like the sound of screaming and, and like somebody being murdered yeah but then it's just the just, movie just halloween <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then when gail gets to the van she sees blood on the ground and uh she gets into the car to call 911 and then randy who went outside to investigate comes up to the window and she freaking <laughs> smashes his face in with the phone. the phone yeah yeah and then uh and then she sees blood coming down the windshield the window. she can tries you, to drive well can you explain to me why the cameraman got on top of the van after he got his throat I, they I, like, moved his body onto the i'm assuming that whoever was ghost face in that moment like moved the cameraman on top of the van that's why i figured but like that I big don't old under- dude moving his yeah. like fat lard ass okay life they are very savage over here yeah. what did he say called him a fat lard ass that's what they that's what gail <laughs> listen, that's what gail that is what calls gail him called. in the beginning <laughs> of the movie no like, dude i love when she's trying to drive off and then she sees him and she's like like i forgot what the camera's made and she's just like listen i'm sorry but get the fuck off the van <laughs> Kenny, I'm really, really it, sorry. It, but it, get the fuck off. It ended up being a good effect, I guess, because yeah. it's that much more grisly. But it's I was just like, scarier. how did he get up there? Like, did he, was, as he was dying, he like, I better just crawl, crawl up on top up. of the van. <laughs> like, that didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, because he and like then, dies <laughs> on the ground. He like collapses. Well, over. collapsing is different from dying, right? Totally. Like, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. still like, because clearly that's true because later in this movie, we think Billy's dead or like, yeah. we yeah, think yeah, Randy's yeah. dead. Or oh, we'll we get think, there. We'll get there. So it's like, falling on the ground is not mean dead yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so anyways i guess he crawled himself up there but, but yeah because she, of the blood on there she she's crashed. driving she almost hits sydney and because she swerves to she not crashes, hit sydney, yeah she she ta- like crashes in like such a like comedic whoa, way yeah whoa, um, and then she like, gets like knocked out i'm gonna keep fuck. driving in a straight yeah. line towards this tree and not apply the brakes yeah. uh which i thought i was like what the heck but <laughs> Anyways, she crashes the car and we think she's dead. Mm-hmm. And Sydney goes back to the house and she finds Dewey like coming out the front door stumbling and he's With got a, a knife, knife in, his, in back. his back. So he collapses onto the ground and Ghostface appears, like pulls the knife out of him mm-hmm. and chases her into the police car where she locks herself in, but Ghostface like taps on the glass with the keys. Yeah. Shows her the keys. That was good. And he's pl- he's toying with her while she's in there. Eventually, he sneaks into the back. Like Batman's his way, like, One of my favorite her. Um, um, moments of Ghostface is when, it's like, and this happens a lot in the other movies, but he does it when he takes the knife out of uh, Dewey. He, like, 
she like cleans, cleans the it blood off. Yeah. Oh my god, I, that's such a classic ghost face trope, and that's like the first time you see it in the Scream movies. It's so awesome. Oh yeah, well he does it after he kills Billy. You know, he stabs oh, he Billy does. and he does Dang. that in the I forgot about that well. too. Damn. But yeah, definitely a ghost face like iconic way to cause, like make the bloody knife yeah. completely clean again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she a ghost face attacks her in the car, but she's able to get out and then he she turns around and he's Batmaned his way out of there. And uh, <laughs> yeah. but then calling it Batman. Just then Randy and Stu both show up and oh. they're blaming each other. He's yeah. the killer. Oh yeah. no, he's the killer. Cindy's yeah. just like, fuck, fuck you both. both. I'm closing the store. Yeah, and then you hear out there, he's going crazy. He's going crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I thought they were killing each and other. And then you out see there. Billy come down uh, from the steps. He's somehow still alive. He yeah. rolls down. Right. They like uh, he they, he like so dramatically hopples. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, I'm dying. Nice. And then he rolls down the stairs. Rolls down the stairs violently. And he's like, "Give me the gun! Give me the gun!" And then as soon as he gets the gun, and he, you know, he, he lets door. Randy in. Yeah. And yeah, and lets Randy in. And then. Like, yeah, well, he, yeah, he, he, Randy's like, like, Stu's gone mad. And then after he closes the door, Billy turns around and goes, we all go a little mad sometimes. Yeah. Boom, shoots uh, uh, Randy in the shoulder. Yep, and he like collapses. So, like a bunch He's of pat- stuff falls off the wall and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and then Sydney is like, oh my god, What the heck? Like, yeah, and, then, right. and Billy licks his fingers. He goes, corn syrup. Same thing they use for pig's blood and carry. Right. Yes. Another reference yes. to another, another, horror, another movie. horror movie. And I just want to, I probably should address this first off, but like when I was talking about not knowing all the references, literally like every scene in this movie is a reference, a reference to, to a some horror, horror movie. movie. Yeah. So like, but there's plenty of YouTube videos. Well, I love, yeah. Tell you that if you want to go look that well, up. This is a great scene because, because you're like, oh, oh, Billy is a killer. She, co- she goes to run and Stu's right there and she's like, Stu, help me. And all Stu can do is, hold up a voice changer and go surprise Sydney yep. <laughs> yes, dude. yeah Matthew Lillard so is good. so over the top so over the top so and it's it's amazing because I this is the first movie I've ever seen where there's there's two killers it's like I've never seen a movie with that kind of dynamic and it blew me away the first time I saw it yes the reveal I thought yeah. was very fantastic because you get both it's like it's not who you expect and it's also exactly who you expect yes right exactly so then they corner her in the kitchen and they start to kind of explain their worldview mm. so first they say it's all a game to them you know mm-hmm. yeah. and they say that they watched a few movies and took notes and that's how they learned how to kill people and not get caught like how to frame yeah. people for murder um, which they like said that they used the first time around on cotton. oh my god on co- and then yeah. we get the reveal for like the killer's actual motives billy yeah who is just like oh like oh who dude we've like pieced Amazing. together that like his mom and dad had like relationship issues and the mom left the mom he was yeah. liking that earlier. He was yeah. like, just like when my mom, when my left. mom left, and Sydney was like, it is not the same and, thing, dude. Yeah, but I, I honestly do love the reveal of the modus because, because when they they started, he's like, well, I don't know, did 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 Hannibal Lecter like did they ever find out why he liked to eat people or or um, Anthony Perkins like to you know kill people in Psycho? Don't think so. It's scarier when there's no motive. Yes. He's kind of kind of yeah. taking from Randy's millennia kind of thing uh, or millennium thing uh, but then he's like how about this your slut mother was fucking my father and she's the reason my mom moved out and abandoned me and it, oh my god because yeah. you can look at Stu in that scene even he didn't even know he was just like oh I thought we were just doing this for fun <laughs> that's why he was well, doing it for yeah. I feel yeah. like Stu's whole motivation was that 
um, Casey, the uh, Drew Barrymore in the beginning of the movie, yeah, like that was dumped ex. him and left for somebody else, and he wanted his revenge, which he got. That's like like a, then, somewhat emotive, but um, it's more so. And that then Billy, just... Billy Everteen, Billy, uh, you know, uh, was getting his revenge by killing Sydney. Which I mean, he already got his revenge like the first time, but then he like closed like truly like the like this man is undoubtedly evil. But they were trying like, to has sex with like Sydney, which is like she literally slept with like a psychopath. Yeah, and, and I like, love that he's like now killer like, <laughs> and they're both like you know, now you're not a virgin, now you gotta die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and <laughs> and, like, and well, I think the cherry on top is also. When they reveal themselves, they also reveal sin they've been holding, Sydney's father captive. Yes. yes. And so they're framing him for all the murders. Once again, they're going to get away with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think that's interesting. I actually don't think that Stu's motivation was to kill Casey. I also I feel don't like that's incidental. So. I th because think it was they, peer, uh, not peer pressure, like he says in the movie, but I think he just wanted to do because it, it was fun. Exactly. Well, it was, it well, really right. is a like, no motivation type guy. And that's, that is scary. If anything, yeah, if anything, that's a little, like, I don't know which is scarier fucking Billy's motive or Stu because he just wanted to do it for fun. Well, that's well, why I think Stu is only doing it for fun. His goal, his like objective has already been like checked, checked off. Checked off. So, so he's now he's like doing it for fun because Billy has like an objective and he's just like facilitating that because Billy facilitated his objective because there's no other motivation for Stu other than like his girlfriend, like his like ex-girlfriend dumped him or whatever. Sure. And he killed like very successfully kills uh, Drew Barrymore at the beginning of the movie. So, But part of it also is just that they're just killing people. That's true. Yeah. What was their motivation for killing the principal, principal Winkler? No. Yeah. Right. Like it's well, yeah. The only reason they actually killed Casey Becker was because she sits next to Sydney in class. Yeah. Well, wait, wait, like how, well, wait, why then would they need to kill her? Because there's yeah. another kid who also sits next to her in class. Yeah, it's also uh, like, that's a good point. But again. I remember, <laughs> but I just remember that like that is why like they specifically chose her because they she they knew she noticed the empty. Yeah, desk but I thought that like the whole reason she was chosen. <laughs> I mean, didn't all the kids in the class Stu... notice the empty desk? Is like girl got murdered. Yeah, I'm just trying to see where you're they, coming from. With I just know like yeah. that's why it, it had it really. I thought, no, she got chosen because she dumped Stu. I don't for I, Steve. Ugh, I don't know if that's exactly the his like. I don't know if that's his motive. I think it's a motive. I, I think it's totally fine to it's say a that motive. They, yeah. they, there would be a reason for him to do that. But I think this movie is trying to get across this idea that you don't need a motive. Well, it's even scarier when there is no motive. Yeah. Have you ever been sitting in your house and you hear like a noise and you're like, is someone else here? And it's like, why would somebody break into my house and kill me? Well, it'd be terrifying to think that it's. There wouldn't have yeah. to be a reason. Be a reason Somebody yeah. would just do that. Do shit. it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Damn. Very scary. That's super scary. Yeah. So I like that idea. And they also, I think, give you a more satisfying kind of plot line yeah. where the killer does have a motive, which is the whole like your Billy, slut yeah. mom. Yeah. yeah. Which is also part of the mystery, is you know, Sydney's mom a slut, which mm -hmm. the answer is yes. Yeah. Uh it like that ends up being very important thing to realize to, yeah. because that ended up being kind of billy's motivation motive. yeah uh, his yeah. motive and yeah, then to, to um, get in there and then yes they they reveal that the father's there so at that moment it's like we're gonna get away with this yeah. easily and and but and the way they have to really make it believable they have to add them they have to do this is the, the, the probably the darkest part of the movie in my opinion is when they're cutting each other Dude. and yes. it's funny because i was watching a behind the scenes of scream and they were t like there was a one of the filmmakers one of the screenwriters was talking about like how they were talking about making that scene and how they were like, oh, you got to... Wes Craven was like, oh, add more blood. 
You have to add so much more blood. And then afterwards, you see Stu is just covered in scratch and like cuts and shit. And he's yeah, like, I think I'm dying. Oh, I think I'm dying. I'm getting a little woozy here, man. <laughs> They're actually killing. And I love that in that moment, Cindy's like, You guys are sick folks. You guys have seen too many movies. And Billy's like, Sid, don't blame the movies. Movies don't uh, make psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I heard an argument against that where they're like, if you're copying movies, you're not being creative. You're being derivative. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I also do agree. Like, I don't think that people watch movies and they're like, well, I'm going to become a psychopath killer now. Yeah. Like, I, I think yeah, that yeah. that's alarmist. Right. Totally. But you're right. They're... Uh, you know, they, they stab they're, each they're other. thinking of everything. That was the hardest thing for me. Yeah, and the whole to movie watch. to watch was them stabbing. Stabbing. It's, that made me yeah. feel gross. Yeah, no, definitely. Because it's also the music. You hear the like, sing. Ah! Yeah. yeah, it's very, yeah, it's very. Because they're also so gross. gung-ho about it, too. He's like, get me, yeah. I'm ready. Like, I'm ready. Yeah, get, yeah. get up. Yeah, very. <laughs> get, it's so stupid because they, like, get yeah. mad at each other. Like, Billy gets mad at Stu for stabbing him. Stabbing him more. And it's like. Yeah, yeah. No, they're, bro- they're both knife happy. Right. But anyway, Stu goes to grab the gun and he's like, it's not here. Man. not there yeah. and it's because Gail has it and she points it at the she boys she wasn't dead and she's like I thought she was dead she looked dead man and, yeah. yeah and then she's being meta by being like hey, how's it? here's an ending, ending for, for you the story yeah. Yeah. like comes to like the reporter comes to and finds you two little shits yeah, yeah. and then Billy is confident because he knows that she doesn't know how to use a Do gun with the safety on. Yeah. so then he kicks her like into a pillar and like knocks her out yeah. and he's about he takes the uh, safety off and he's like Gail Weathers signing off for the final time but before he can pull the trigger Stu realizes Sydney's, Sydney's gone, gone yeah right and then she uh, they start looking for her and then the phone rings. Right. And then, yeah, so the phone Dude. rings and they answer it. And now Sydney is using the voice <laughs> talker. What's time to play a little game? It's guess, guess who just called the cops on your sorry little asses? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and like at that point, Billy's freaking out. Well, Stu is too injured to help anymore. So he's like, so, he gives him the phone. He's like, talk to her. Yeah. And, and she's like, what are you going to say? Like, the cops What's are your motive? Like, Peer pressure. <laughs> I'm way too sensitive. <laughs> I'm way too That was so funny. And then I, I love as Billy's freaking out like where the fuck is this bitch yeah, she was like, like did you really off. call the cops he's like you bet you're sorry ass at it my mom and dad are gonna be so mad he goes back to being like a te- regular a teenager, teenager. Yeah. <laughs> oh matthew willard's so good right so um, then um yeah so they're like billy is freaking out tearing up the furniture looking, looking for her. her and then um he, he looks in the closet because because he sees halloween by the way mind you folks is still playing on the television yeah and in that moment jamie lee curtis is in the closet and michael myers is trying to get her yeah so he thinks to check the closet right and right. then he like looks away for a second and then sydney dresses ghostface pops out of the closet and stabs him in the chest with, with an a umbrella. green umbrella. And I thought this was interesting. In uh I like, you know, colors generally mean yeah. things in movies and uh in this movie apparently the color green indicates the good guys. What? Randy is wearing green, green. the entire movie. Like even right. his shoes are green. And then in I this even scene, the entire movie. That's cool. In this scene you see Ghostface pop out but Ghostface isn't wearing black boots. Ghostface is wearing green shoes. Oh, and word. using a yeah. green umbrella to I stab love Billy. that. Yeah. I, mean, I actually do love epic. that. Like Ghostface gets to be like a hero in one part of this movie. Right, right. So she stabs him in the chest, and uh, apparently that was a real injury. By the way, like when yeah, she did she, that, like, she like, missed the the padding. Or yeah, and so he actually got hurt. So and then right when she's like, Cindy gets up her hand, 
Stu comes back and he's like attacks her and tackles trying her. Trying to, yeah. the, he tackles her on like through the sofa and then next to the like the TV. Right, and she bites his hand and smashes a vase on his head. And he's like, yeah. I always had a thing for you, Sid. He smashes <laughs> the vase and then she takes the television and is like, in your dreams, crushes his head with a TV. Literally yeah. uses a horror movie to kill a the character horror, in a horror, yeah. like the bad guy in a horror movie. Very meta, very fitting ending. For Great Stu. way for him to die, yeah. I mean, yeah. good thing she, this happened in 96 and not now because it would be like some skinny Flat TV, TV? That, like, bounces off of him and he's totally fine. It's just, pl- yeah. it's just like, oh, that just, I'm probably going to have a concussion, but I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Stu's dead now and she returns back to where she stabbed Billy and Randy jump scare. Like, Sorry, I didn't and he's like, you. I-, I never thought I'd ever be so happy to be a virgin <laughs> that's one of my favorite randy yeah, lines <laughs> just then billy comes back and attacks sydney trying to strangle her yep with any and he's got the knife yep. he's like about to stab her yeah but then, then she well she, he's strangling her and she pokes him in the hole in the, the hole, hole in his chest where she stabbed yeah. him, where with, she the stabbed him with the umbrella yeah and it, it that looks she got deep she in deep there. there oh ah! she did but he's like ah but he has the knife and he's about to end her but that's when Gale, Gale shows up with the shoots gun. shoots him in the fucking chest. I was like, yeah. I, th- I this is one of my favorite things about the movie was that Gale is like so redeemed at the end. Yes, because like, earlier on I was like, oh, this she's a bitch. bitch. Yeah, and no, then, totally. But then she shows up again. Yes, and she Gale saves Sydney. And yeah. she totally saves Sydney. And yeah, uh, she I love shoots it. Him right, and he like He's, falls he, off. he dies, and then they 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 just Randy Gale and Sydney are just looking at the dead body, and yep. the, and then Randy's just like, careful. This is the la- like the last moment when the killer comes to for one final scare. Ah, and then Billy comes, a uh, jump scare, and Sydney, boom, bullet head in the head. Shots Double then, tap. And and classic, not in my movie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then Sydney's dad stumbles out of the closet and they get the tape off of his mouth. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it shows the next morning, like it's Gale Weathers reporting yeah, yeah all the authorities have shown up they're tending to the injured the people are still alive dewey is still alive thank goodness thank goodness and uh they like yeah they're like going through the house and checking out the scene and gail starts her report as the exclusive star witness yeah and the screen kind of fades out hands out and then we're f- left with one last jump scare yeah. before the credits roll it's a just ghost face coming at this like the audience yeah. basically yeah yeah which yeah another cheap jump scare, at jump the end. scare but again yeah. it makes it's part of the movie no you're so. right no like now i see how how many how like cheap the jump scares are but for this kind of movie well, it, it's, it again, does help meta it's so. meta it's like it's they're meta. pointing out that right. it's like you can jump why, scare literally whenever you want that's like, why these like specifically i think scream was just such a good movie for us to finally talk about or yeah. for affable chat to finally talk about just because it's so meta oh it's, yeah it's it's of course. it's meant to start a conversation about the horror genre and it's it's yeah it is like the first of its kind for sure yeah so i i i really enjoyed it a lot i thought that was hell yeah uh, like a lot of fun the that final sequence that we just went through, I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. We get like the reveal. I felt like was really well timed. The killer reveal is like one of my favorite moments. And then I, the I way she the... kills them is so like epic. Like it brings everything together. Like Stu gets killed literally by a horror movie. She gets to Gale be Ghostface get, for a second. Gale gets to be the final hero who like steals the or like yeah saves her. Sydney gets to be Ghostface. Like becomes Sydney the... gets that final bullet in the head. Like to, to Billy. Like yeah, you know, all these different moments 
are like so savory for the movie. I think it yeah. ties and up it really, ends, really yeah, well. It ends it really well, and I, I, yeah, no, I think it's great. Honestly, like it, eventually, uh, you, you guys and the the listeners, you guys should all list, like, watch the other screen movies because they're just they're honestly just as good. Because with most, uh, personally, in my opinion, a lot of horror movies, yeah, they, there's so sequel. many sequels. Like the Friday the Thirteenth movies, like some some of them are just so bad because there's so many of them. Same thing with the Halloween movies. There's some of them are so bad with the screen movies. Like every single one. One of them have actually still held up okay. on their own because Fair. they're so meta. They continue to be as meta as the first Interesting. one, and I think that's so important. And it's so, and they like they even talk about how sequels and recalls are are like the you know it's it's the same shit, but no, the rules are different in in each movie. And <laughs> no, I, I I love the screen movies are great, and the first one is a great way to kick it off. Yes, um, I I do think Nev Campbell is great as Cindy Prescott. Get, uh, you know, Courtney Cox's Gail Weathers, great. Even Dewey, uh, being the the silly, <laughs> like everything I in this movie, him. yeah, he's great, yeah, he absolutely good. great. I love, um, like it's funny because when I was a kid, I only knew him from C Spot Run, but Scream came out first, right, right. And so seeing a right. younger shout out C Spot Run, that's another, that's one a that classic. I really love. That's a a great David Arquette movie, and I love that. After seeing Scream, I was like, damn, I really actually do appreciate David Arquette for this kind of role because. Because because mo because the, the at least the first like three movies have like the have at least like the main like cast like Cindy's in almost almost all of them. Oh okay, I yeah. got okay, you. that's cool. So that's why I was like, I, it, to me, it's not spoilers mentioning Courtney Cox because her do a lot of the the reoccurring characters do show up in a lot of the movies. So fair enough, fair okay. Um and and that's why I, I urge listener and for you guys to like next spooky season maybe watch the second or third one because they're they're cool, they're really cool, and they still tie into the the story in a way. Like still, I low key want to consider being Ghostface for Halloween. Yes, I, I have always. Be a lot of fun. I've been wanting to be Ghostface since like first. Grade. I never even saw Scream until years later. As but a I, kid, I was so scared of Ghostface. When people would dress up iconic. as Ghostface for Halloween, I didn't know what it was. I was just like, ah, ah scary. Yeah. And they have those ones with the blood that pumps through Dude, it. Dude, I just thought it was like an iconic mask. And I think just me being a film kid, even for horror movies I hadn't even seen, it just got me excited because I, like, I was like, I like movies. And I knew like that's what horror movies are supposed to do. They're supposed to scare you, but they're supposed to give you that entertaining thrill. And uh, and yeah, dude, I, I'm glad that we get to talk about this this movie because yeah. there's so much to it. I felt like after I finished it, I was like, I survived Scream, which is always a good feeling at the end of like a horror. So film, you and so. your fiance enjoyed it? Oh, we had a blast. We watched it while we were handing out candy on Halloween night. That's so a great like, way to watch. We were watching it and then pausing it whenever whenever someone knocks on the door. So it was it was really good. Hell yeah! That All right. Good, well, anything else you guys want to say about Scream in general before we move on to our ratings? I will say that I like slasher movies may not be my cup of tea, but this was definitely a much more enjoyable rewatch. I had a lot more uh, fun and enjoyment now. Uh, I guess maybe being an adult versus being like, you know, 10 years younger. Totally. That, you know, uh, versus like when I first saw Scream, I was like, eh, you know, it's kind of whatever. Um, I do think like my criticisms are, are still kind of there, but like it's a meta movie. Like, um, I, I just enjoyed it a lot more this go around than I did last time. And I'm very appreciative of that. I feel like so. most people who aren't horror film fans would, would like it. That's why I'm like, this is good because it, it because it's so meta and because it's kind of it's and it's really comedic, too. Right. And yeah. I also feel like just now that I'm older, I'm less of a scaredy cat, which yeah. makes me enjoy these movies a little bit better. Because right. like I said before, I look at this as primarily a whodunit, mm-hmm. not necessarily oh, just horror. a slasher totally. horror. Yeah, it's, no, it's, me a, too. it's meta. It's all that stuff. I'm not saying it's not horror, but. 
it the thing that appeals to me the most is the mystery not the like oh someone got killed yeah right. no for sure and honestly like that that's why i'm i'm such an advocate for all the other ones because they're all the same way they're, you want to know who Ghostface is, right like yeah. I, I saw i think it was the the poster for scream which came out in 2022 oh the fit yeah it, it, it's cool because you know every horror movie at some point one of their sequels is just the name again right instead of scream five whatever because technically scream 2022 is scream five right but But i'm pretty sure it's for that one but one of the scream sequels Mm -hmm. it's like the murderer or the killer is on this poster and it's like a bunch of the characters from the movie oh that's funny that it's just addressing it outright i did not it's cool that the killer is on this poster that's amazing so cool well i'm I'm definitely feeling like i should check out more scream movies moving forward maybe next spooky season i'll have to revisit it Uh, but for now i'm pretty stoked that this was my like 2023 horror movie you, like choice the for, idea for of Halloween. you being Ghostface next year would be cool because then you could have your fiance be Casey Becker or some shit or she could also be Ghostface no that yeah. would be spoiler even, alert to Ghostface that would actually <laughs> yeah, be amazing dude. because because that actually makes sense for the screen uh, movies it would be funny though if my fiance and I were trying to pull off the same kind of thing because we're not the same height at all I know, no, but, it, it, but it would be amazing though because you guys have already done like Mario and Luigi you guys have already done two Darth Vader so two Ghostfaces would be just <laughs> exactly in your ballpark yeah yeah. And it would be funnier because you guys are two different sizes too <laughs> so uh, all right well that's, yeah, that's all i have like but, but before we get to our ratings yeah yeah well then let's do it let's move on to our ratings and i'm gonna have nick go first nick what rating are do you want to give to scream i give scream 10 rules you have to follow in a to survive in a scary movie 10 rules wow Ten rules. do you have the other seven <laughs> rules or other seven? Yeah, because we know the first three rules. Oh no, I don't. I'm just like I'm just. You like, have to watch the sequel to find out to, the other. You, rules. you really do have to watch the other <laughs> movies to figure out what the other rules are because because Randy's also it, like he he continues. He's at least in the you know the the next one, so he he'll he'll be able a guy to tell you more of the rules Fair. and stuff. Yeah. Okay. What about um, you, Kuz? What rating do you want to give a screen? I give this movie four survivors. Um, <laughs> nice. Like, nice. Pretty good score. Yeah, absolutely. Very good that's score. Accurate. That's pretty accurate since since Sydney, Gale, Dewey, and Randy survived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I give this movie a stack of old horror movies to watch before I rewatch this movie again <laughs> so I can catch more of the references. Dude, that is a good one because they're, it's like you said, throughout the movie, it's just referencing all these horror movies. Yeah, yeah. totally. All right. Well, that's going to do it. So um, thank you guys for joining me here. Yeah, um, thank you so much. Why don't you us. tell the people, you know, if you have anything to plug, we'll have Nick go first. But if you want to plug anything, Nick. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. Um, as Ben mentioned before. Yeah, it's going to be like a month before this comes out. So if you want to, you know, mention anything that might be coming up at that point. Um, I definitely am uh, excited to be announcing that I'm, I'm just about done with the recording process of an album that I've been working on for about five years now. And so uh, if you want to check me out, check my music out and, and follow me for updates, you can find all my socials under NDH, the artist. And uh, you can check out Nick Heredia music, wherever you get your music. Um, I am going to be uh, getting some uh, better, uh, you know, stability in my schedule. Been thinking about doing some, uh, you know, content creation myself. Let's go. Was gonna, you know, just see, ask the listeners if there was any interest in anything specific. Maybe do like a gaming channel or stream like Hearthstone or something. But uh, yeah, um, I my life situation has like changed for the better. So now that um, 
you know, there's some structure to it. I can maybe, uh, uh, you know, do some uh, do some content creation. Where can we I'm find excited. you, Qs? Where can we find uh, you? You can find me on Twitter, uh, Instagram, all your socials. Um, you know, how? I am, how, how yeah, what's the, you? what's your what's your what's your <laughs> oh, username? You can, can find you me solve at... the mystery <laughs> of where to find coos yeah, on the internet? Can, yeah, you can find me on. You could just... be any of these social media. What's accounts? your favorite social media <laughs> sites? <laughs> any any of the uh, handles on Instagram could fi- be his. I, you <laughs> can mystery. find me at my handle uh, Koozie King five one four. Um, for cool. now, cool, but, uh, cool. All right. Well, thanks yeah. again to both of you for joining me. Uh, the, Nick, especially because Nick was really pushing for Scream. Uh, so it's really great to have you guys here. Uh, and thanks it's for talking about here, this uh, this movie. Thanks for having. Yeah, thank us. you so much. So coming up next on Affable Chat, we're talking ants. That's right, the superior bug-centric, uh, ant-centric movie that came out that year. Uh, definitely the better of the, if there were any other that year. I can't even think of one because ants was so iconic and the only bug, uh, the, the life of a bug type movie that you could even think of when you think of ants. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcast. Applechat.com is your favorite website on the internet. That's where you can find all our social media accounts and our email address, applechat.com gmail.com if you liked this episode then tell a friend about it all you have to say is have you considered listening to avable chat have you considered coming down to woodsboro and getting murdered while you listen to (laughs) 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 Um, and do you tell them that and i swear they will listen to this podcast so don't forget to do that Uh, but that's gonna do it for this episode for avable chat i'm benjamin thanks for listening